following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, guess who's back? Oh damn, I forgot to put a hat on. I'm Leo. Hey, hey, yo, hey, hey, that's an Mario. What up, Mario? Have no fear, the legend thriller is here back in studio. The heel that seals the deal, the villain, the state chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I promise you guys, you will get the full episode this week. We don't have two 13-year-olds no. running the boards. Leo, what happened, bro? I'm here. That's all I know. If you miss anything or everything (laughs) on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I took SoundCloud. You want to be fancy? Apple Podcasts. Tune in. Tune in. Stitcher. Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast podcast needs. And iHeartRadio. iHeart. Like my heart? Like iHeart? No? Blackheart. All heart. All heart. Rebel heart. Bread heart. Kevin Hart. Teddy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leo. Ah, what? I got to give you one of these real quick. No! Put the volumes up, no! please. No! Congratulations. You played yourself. Okay, I deserve it. I got to give you the congratulations, right? I saw sorry. Because last week, right, Ugh. you were busy. You had a lot of stuff going on. Don't it was remind your me. wife's birthday. Don't you had two 13-year-olds running the boards, right? <sighs> okay. The worst part is I tell them, the second that you click this button, I don't care what the, I don't care what's going on. The house could be on fire. You need to listen to me what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, squirrel! <laughs> That's basically what happened. So you had th- two 13-year-olds running the boards. Shout <sighs> out to Vincent and Brian, right? Now they're, they're I training. They're I could have easily just done a podcast version with I know. Dream Match, Mister Dream. I know. And we would have put it out. Shout in out to Mister Dream. Entirety, but yes. no, you came in late, yes. so. We did get the podcast version up. Yeah, we did. But it wasn't the whole show. On Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the whole show. I'm like, come on, man. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we're going to get Dream back on. And again, guys, remember, we're doing this live. We're doing this. You know, uh, we, we try to bring it to you guys every week. So you know how they, you guys can help us? Hey, share. Here, share. We can get more people involved. So, But we're here. There's a lot of stuff going on. I was about to paint my face, but <laughs> okay. I didn't have time. All right. No? <laughs> All right. So we had a call on Audible. Um, did? This guy wasn't penciled in. We were going to bring... Uh, <laughs> we had to like mark it out with a Sharpie. Yeah, and then put we had in. to bring him in early because just based on everything that happened this week, I was like, nah, this can't wait till the first episode no. of 2021. No. So he's the man behind Wrestle Radio, Radar. He's a contributor to the Royal Ramble. He's a world traveler when there was no pandemic. Our boy, Ryan Radar. I am fired up to be back, baby. <laughs> Oh, Let's you and go. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. 
Yo, we're getting better at this. What up, Ryan? What up? What's going on, bro? Long time no see, guys. Jeez, it's, it's been, been forever. A, it's been a couple weeks, and I think like two, three weeks. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Before we get into all the craziness that happened in the world of professional wrestling, right? And I, because you were just as stoked that as I was. What happened? What? Before we get there. Ah, okay. I remember hitting this guy Wednesday, and for like a good hour, we were just like on cloud nine mm-hmm. about everything. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all that, we did have some bad news that happened this week, no. and we have to say oh. rest in peace to yes. Pat Patterson. Yes. Leo, yeah, you- an absolutely tremendous loss for pro wrestling indeed. And, and you know, a lot of people... Only remember Pat Patterson, you know, you younger folk only remember Pat Patterson as the stooge. You know what I mean? As the guy who who was going with McMahon against uh, Stone Cold. But what a lot of people don't understand, he was the one that was sitting with McMahon when they were booking the territory. He was the one that was sitting there. He was the one that won that fake tournament to become the first Intercontinental Champion. Just saying, in Brazil, which never happened. But, um, <laughs> you don't remember that one. No, I do not. <laughs> he but, also created the Royal Rumble. Yes. But, but again, like, and, and these are people like, to me, people see the WWE and they see McMahon, right? But if you look at the WWE, you have to give credit to Pat Patterson because he was there. Every story that you hear about backstage and when they were booking the the territory and they when they would go to McMahon's pool and sit there, like Vince Russo said, Pat Patterson was there. Pat Patterson was there. By the way, the last title that he held was the 24-7 title. Boom, baby. And also a former hardcore <laughs> right. champion. Yes. <laughs> Remember that? So, But no, it, it's, it's a tremendous loss. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of guys backstage, you know, that, that – we should give credit to because again, it's not just McMahon. It's it's a whole, it's a whole company behind him. Although he does have the last say, but again, we wouldn't have the Royal Rumble if it wasn't for Pat Patterson or the guy at USA Network that actually saw the value in it because McMahon didn't. Just saying. I was one of those people that didn't really grow up on Pat Patterson. I started knowing who Pat Patterson was, you know, growing up watching the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. and then you know, as I got older, doing my research and found out that he's the one that created the Royal Rumble and the first IC champion. Um also he was a he was a great uh agent. You know, yes. a lot of talent, The Rock, Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn from different generations gave him so much credit on what great mind uh for the business that he had. Uh Bubba Ray Dudley on Busted Open was saying a story this week that uh, back in the early 2000s, it was him and Devon feuding with Chris Jericho and Christian, and they came up with this great match, great finish, and mm-hmm. they were betting on each other, saying like, "There's no way Pat Patterson could, uh, you know, like pick at this or break this apart or whatever." And they they lost. They brought it to <laughs> Pat Patterson, and Pat Patterson, while smoking a cigarette in the arena, which he shouldn't have been doing, he said, it "Was like that's good, but what about what about this?" and they exactly minds were blown so um, much respect to pat patterson ryan do you have any thoughts on pat patterson yeah i mean absolutely everything you guys said and i i just feel like a lot of fans don't realize how important he was to the business and like you said mario like i didn't grow up on him either but i did my research and i've known all the contributions and things that he's uh given to this business and there's just so much and everybody really uh owes him a giant thank you i actually I uh, just saw a clip on Twitter that when Daniel Bryan got fired years ago when he came in with the Nexus, Pat Patterson, along with John Cena, was one of the guys pushing uh, Vince McMahon to rehire Daniel Bryan, which I thought is awesome. So it just goes to show he had a brilliant mind for, for the business, and he was more important than I think people realize. So like like I said before, a tremendous, tremendous loss that 
you know, kind of caught me off guard. I know he's been battling cancer and stuff, but I haven't really heard anything about him lately. So uh, it was really surprising when I heard that and really sad. You could tell um, this man is truly affected by this loss. And, and you know, big ups to WWE because they, you know, did two amazing tributes yeah. for Pat Patterson, both, well, you on, have to, both on NXT and SmackDown. And you could tell that, that you know, Vince, Gerald Briscoe was on SmackDown, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, a lot of these older guys, they're very heartbroken by uh, by the passing of Pat Patterson. And, and you also got to see, like, you know, and again, that's why I started with the Stooges and everything. Stone Cold was already involved. Like, again, if you see these guys on camera, it's not like you just see them for the five minutes. They're putting the match together. They're putting the whole sequence together. So, again, that's where you guys have, you know, you, these guys become friends. That's how Yokozuna and The Undertaker became friends. Even, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, when they used to talk to each other, it was because of that. Because, again, these guys, it's not just the five minutes that you see them in the ring. It's all the time off camera that they spent together, the chemistry that they have. And Pat Patterson, again, he had chemistry with a lot of people. Again, if you if you're able to influence that many people for those many years, that means you're doing something right. Right. So, Absolutely. and again, it, and it's a loss. Seventy nine years old. Uh, like Mario said, he's been battling cancer. Um, but you know, as somebody who lost somebody to cancer, it gets to a point where you know you got to stop being selfish and you got to let them go because they do suffer a lot. So you know, I'm thankful that that we got to. Not only see him on screen, because, again, it's not like I'm that old. I didn't grow up on him. I know him from the Stooges. Aren't you, but, like, shut up, shut years up. old? No. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but, again, I, th I think the, the three of us, we are students of the game, if you will, and where we go in and we look at things that happen way before uh, our time, uh, and we appreciate them. So, again, if you guys don't know who Pat Patterson is or just know him as a Stooge, Hey, just go back and, and and read a little bit. What up to Sunil? What up to Gadiel? What up to Brian Sendek and Jessica Hoffman? Uh, Jessica, who made it to our top uh, fans on Facebook. So thank you, Jessica, and keep sharing. Dale. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, you know move on to some positive news. But before we do, give me a minute. Hashtag is Rebel time. Sounds so different when you're here, like in studio, like the mic just picks it up, like. Pow. Cause I'm in studio, I'm live, live, just bro. Saying, just saying, it, it literally sounds like Stone Cold. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> Ryan, I'm gonna leave it up to you. Where do you want to start here? Cause do you want to start sure, with the? Uh, do you want to start with like the Sting stuff, or you want to start with like the Kenny Omega <laughs> title win impact? We, Where, which we way need, do you want to go first? We need the roulette. <laughs> Let's go in order. Let's start with Sting. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Let's start with Sting. I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on the Impact and Kenny stuff, so let's get the Sting out of the way first. <laughs> all right. Do you ever think you were going to say that in like in that order? Let's just get Sting out of the way because we got to talk about Impact. If we're going to have any bit of order, it's going to be here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's uh, talk to me, Ryan. Talk to me about Sting. Unbelievable. Uh, completely shocked. Uh, now, this was kind of, I guess, brewing for a while. Um, if you read the dirt sheets, which I'm sure a lot of people do, uh, recently Sting's merchandise and everything was taken off a WWE shop, and it was uh, reported that his deal came to an end, whatever deal he was on, a Legends deal, whatever it was, and he was done with the company. And there was a lot of rumors about him coming to AEW. I didn't buy them. I was like, what is he going to do? Why are you going to bring him in? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people... Uh, AEW's brought in a lot of people to be managers and, and things like that. But I said, I don't know if Sting fits that role. I said, why are you going to bring him in? And then we didn't hear anything for quite a while. 
And then when this happened, man, like when that video was playing, and I don't think a lot of people realized they showed like a crow yep. before yep. they put Sting on 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 the screen. Mm-hmm. Man, I was just like, holy crap! Like he's here, and like goosebumps immediately. The whole thing was done brilliantly. Tony Schiavone's call yes. just gave me the chills. Just an unbelievably awesome moment, and I'm honestly, getting one chills. Of the best I'm getting chills right now. The second yeah. you mentioned the Tony Schiavone stuff, because and even you know what I loved about it? Little details of him coming out. So when Sting came out, first of all, the video package was amazing, and the AW Sting theme shits on the WWE Sting theme. It oh was yeah, out of the water, right? So when Sting came out. Just seeing the snow falling, right? People didn't people didn't notice that that, that there was thing there was snow falling, mm-hmm. right from the sky. Tony Schiavone making the call, Jim Ross ab libbing right after him. And what I what I loved about this is Excalibur stood back and stayed and said yep. nothing until Sting got into the ring. He let the legends, the Hall of Famers, the guys that called Sting matches make those first calls for Sting. Excalibur stayed quiet. He stayed shut. He just, he just, you know, he just let Jim, you, Jim Ross and Tony go. You can't teach that, you know, especially in in this game where, like, you know, you can't leave anything open. You know, you can't leave dead air. But just for him to see what was happening, because again, when when I first started seeing the package, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, winter's coming. They probably have like a little commercial that they're gonna put on TNT for like, you know, the the rest of the week or whatever. But then you're right, like the crow showed up. So my head automatically went to, okay, like this is not just for TNT. This is something different. And then when the when the letter showed up on the screen, and then again, it's staying. Like that's it. Like, and and it's funny because what Ryan was saying is true. You know, a lot th- there's always a lot of f- fake news in in, in the wrestling d- dirt sheets, right? But we haven't heard anything from Sting from what, like two three months. Just that, you know, okay, you know, they took some of his stuff down, but there's always been merchandise that has been moved. There's always, you know, people that have been moved in the WWE alumni section and all that stuff. But you didn't hear anything. I also want to point out, too, going back to the first double or nothing. Now, I get it. StarCast, you know, they they have no ties with AEW, but there's something there. Like, Mm -hmm. it's obvious we know that Conrad has some type of connections with AEW, even if on paper there's no connection with StarCast and AEW. But for the first Double or Nothing weekend, Sting was there. Remember? Sting was part Mm -hmm. of that uh, StarCast Mm -hmm. signings and stuff. Didn't he get pulled from the second one? Or that was Kurt Angle? That was Kurt Angle. Okay. That was Kurt Angle, not Sting. So, Sting appears. The crowd's going nuts. Um, if it if it was a packed venue, if there was no pandemic, oh, what? man, that oh, man, it, it would have been like like Jim Ross said when Moxley showed up, the thunder and the lightning would have been for Sting. So Sting gets in the ring, Team Taz disappears, and one thing I noticed was when Sting faced off with Arn, Dustin, Cody, and then Darby at the end. It was he was facing off with different generations of the business. First with Arn, mm-hmm. then with Dustin, then with Cody, and then with Darby. Which when, with Darby hit a little bit different because yo Darby teared up yeah. during that face off. He had a white pissed here. Did you did you guys also notice like the little nod where he like Sting turns his head to look at the at the face paint and like nods his head a little bit? It, it was. <laughs> Like it, that, that to me that that's what got me. It was it was okay. so surreal though though those visually mm-hmm. what we were watching. And it just goes to show you Sting did not say one word and he had the audience 
That's all you got to do. He had the audience. Audience control. Uh, he, Brian Sendek is saying two moments from the Sting debut that gave me goosebumps. Shivani screaming, it's Sting! Immediately brought me back to my Nitro days and two Sting staring at Darby. Like I stated on the Ramble, it was like a father meeting his long-lost son <laughs> for the first time. Awesome moment, top to bottom. Absolutely. So 100%. let's so let's be uh, realistic here, all right? And then I'm going to get Ryan's thoughts on this. So... Sting makes his re- makes uh, his return on TNT after 18 years. Okay, uh-huh. um, they 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 said that on on the announce uh, the announced broadcast. They did say that. So he's 61 years 61 years old. All right, so 61. God we're damn, not. Ex- I feel old right now. So we're not going to expect <laughs> like a five star classic from Sting. All right, I honestly do not want to see really Sting wrestle like that. I think there's only two possible matches for Sting mm-hmm. if it comes to a one on one thing. I think one would be would be with Darby. The other one would be with Cody. Or you could probably put him like in a multi-man tag. But I really have no interest in seeing Sting in the ring because let's be honest here. He's 61 years old. Does he look great? Yeah, for a 61-year-old, he doesn't look bad. But I don't want to see him in the ring just kind of like how WWE has done with Goldberg and Taker over the years. How they constantly have been putting... Taker and Goldberg like on our TV and it's like, bro, they can't go. Like Saudi Arabia money. Right. And... I feel like AEW isn't going to give us that. Now, I have more thoughts on Sting and the WWE stuff, but Ryan, let me let me get your thoughts on on what we could potentially see from the Stinger. Yeah, I mean, th- that's that's a tough question because we don't know where he's at health-wise. I mean, we haven't seen him in in quite a while. Um he could be medically cleared, he could not be. I don't know, but like you said, I feel like AEW smarter than that to throw him in there and, you know, they're they're not trying to you know uh put him on tv to pop a rating i mean maybe they are but that's i don't feel like that's the sole purpose of why they um they signed him because they don't need him to pop a rating you know Uh, like wwe would would bring back the undertaker which honestly uh, let's start there how long before wwe brings back the undertaker now i mean he's been retired for what a week two weeks watch them bring him back he's gonna come back as an american badass yeah, right, right. The Undertaker's mm. retired. The, the Phenom is retired, but American Badass, he's on his way back to Raw in no time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know what he does. I don't expect him to wrestle either. Maybe one match, maybe two. I think, you know, the match with Darby would be awesome, and I think that's what a lot of people want to see. But I feel like uh, a Cody match, if he's going to have any match in AEW, it's going to probably be with Cody. I feel like Cody's like Triple H of AEW. Right. Like, when in doubt, like, you you throw him against somebody like like Sting and um, but yeah I don't know if he's necessarily there to wrestle but Dave Meltzer was reporting that Sting's going to be an on screen character every single week on the show which is interesting and he's in all the graphics if you saw the AEW's been posting about ticket sales and stuff for the upcoming weeks Sting's picture is front and center in all the graphics so honestly yeah it's going to be very interesting to see what he does and what kind of role he plays moving forward here but um. Man, they got me hooked. I don't even. I don't care if he doesn't get physical at all. Just seeing him is just awesome. Now, um, Pro Wrestling Tees actually has that shirt uh, up for sale. They have the new record for the most shirts sold in 24 hours. Now, I'm going to bring this question to you guys: the Nostalgia Act, because you know you need that in wrestling. And I and I understand that the WWE has had more time to have nostalgia acts and everything, and and AEW doesn't want to do it because you don't want to get compared to WCW. But who do you think 
will do better with a nostalgia act. Like we've seen AEW with Dustin, you know what I mean? Kind of like playing that with Arn Anderson, with the Rock and Roll Express, with the WCW guys. Do you guys think that AEW would do better than the WWE with Sting? I, I think AEW is going to do better with Sting with mm -hmm. WWE. I, WWE to me was a huge miss on Sting. Now, before I get like the WWE loyalists and the diehards crapping on me, oh, you're just shitting on WWE. I just want to point this out. When Sting debuted on WWE TV, everybody lost their minds. It was a great debut yeah. at Survivor Series. I went back this weekend and watched that clip where Sting debuts at Survivor Series 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. That crowd was mm -hmm. losing their minds for Sting when he faced off with Triple H, and they didn't even say a word to each other. And then that's when you know Sting kicked them and hit him with the Scorpion Death Drop. The 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 build to the Sting and Triple H match was great. I remember when the Authority was gonna uh, attack Randy Orton and the lights went out. You heard the the crow, Maka! and um, that's a good crow by the way. That's a good crow. That's a good crow. And you heard <laughs> that was, that was perfect. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'm just a talker. That's what I do. <laughs> so um, you, and then Sting appeared. The crowd lost their minds that episode mm -hmm. of Raw. The problem was when we finally get the finish, you guys buried Sting. There was no reason why Triple H should have won that match. No. And Sting, to be honest with you, he looked great. He actually looked good for WrestleMania 31. So you bury Sting to Triple H, which and it was I, I compare that match to when Booker T faced off with Triple H at Mania in 2003. I believe that was WrestleMania 19. The story was Booker T was gonna beat Triple H. Mm -hmm. And they buried Booker T. It's like Vince holds a grudge against WCW and these talents, and it's like, bro, everybody wanted Sting to win. You missed the, story, the opportunity. The the story ending of this was was Triple H catching an L from Sting, but no, Sting catches an L. And I know Sting went on interview saying I was okay with it. It was still a great moment. I'm fine with that. That's cool. But us as fans, we wanted Sting to win. So then, fast forward to months later, we see Sting have get into a problem with Seth Rollins. Cool. I have no problem Seth Rollins beating Sting, but unfortunately he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like, you have this guy signed to a deal. Why not put him like in a, in a GM role or something? Because we've seen what kind of... He's have been, him hang up in the in the rafters we and see, then just come well, down and... Could, yeah. He could have gave the rub to somebody. Put maybe him on camera. Right. And Sting, we've seen him in GM type authority roles and impact and he kills it. So why couldn't you done that with him in WWE? You could have brought back the Joker. This is the this is a really mm -hmm. huge miss on WWE's part, and I don't blame him going to AEW. Now he's in AEW. We always look at uh at their records, right? I was actually looking at this the other day. Um, Sting is one and two in WWE because he lost the match to Triple H. He lost the match to Seth Rollins. Now there's a little weird mishap because they have him as winner against the Big Show. But that whole thing was a squash because he actually won with John Cena. So, again, technically in the WWE, Sting didn't win. Like, if we look at it. Like, again, so why would you even... Again, you have this whole WWE, WCW thing. Like, okay, McMahon, you won. You, you, you bought the company. You own all the rights. You have all the wrestlers. You made an enormous amount of money. But what's good for business in this point, and again, there's no bigger fan base that loves nostalgia more than wrestling fans. Give them what they want. The second the guy walked in, it was Sting and The Undertaker. Hands down. Give the people what they want. There's no reason why they couldn't give us a cinematic match between Sting and Taker. When he first got in, even just a regular match. 
would have been fine. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, complete failure. Uh, and is anybody surprised? Like, Vince just has no clue w- with certain people. And it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Somebody like Sting, how do you have no clue what to do with how him? Do you, how, do you and, some, and, like, how do you let some guy like this go? How do you let him go? We got nothing for you, uh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's reports. Un- there's unreal. Re- then there's reports. It came out yesterday. Uh that Sting was very disappointed and unhappy with his WWE run. And apparently Vince had no interest on the possibility of a Sting-Taker cinematic match. He had no interest in this. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. I mean, no interest? Why? What What reason behind that? <laughs> like, just why? I, I don't get it. I really don't. I would love to sit down with Vince McMahon and just ask him questions. So, I mean, God, I can, I can make a a whole freaking novel book uh, about questions over the years that I have for this man, like, and his reasoning. I just want to know his reasoning. Like if he has a good reason, okay, but he better have a damn good reason why he wouldn't just give us one cinematic match between two guys that everybody has wanted to see in the ring together. Like it's just, like I said, he just doesn't care what the fans want. He really does not care. If he's not into it, he doesn't give a crap if the fans want it. So I also want to address something else. Cause going back to, some of the wrestling fans are their own worst enemy, but uh, you no, know, no, we're it, not. It's it's a cool. It's apparently a, a thing to hate on AEW, no matter what they do, right? So I saw comments this past uh, this week of people saying, "This is why I stopped watching AEW months ago." Oh, shut the fuck up, Sunil. Because sorry, because <laughs> the product gets worse and worse, and I'm like. How can you say that if you just said you stopped watching the product months ago? So how do you know if it's getting worse? That's one, <laughs> all right? Two, oh, people shit on Goldberg and Taker for always coming back, yet Sting shows up in AEW and everyone's praising it. One, we don't know what Sting's going to do in AEW. Two, I think Gold- I'm one of these people. I-, I guess you could say I'm a defender of Goldberg, and this is why. First of all, Goldberg, I think he means well. The problem with Goldberg is WWE ruined his return meaning mm-hmm. they gave us such a great moment at survivor series when he beat brock lesnar that should have been it if you wanted him to make an appearance on a rumble i'm cool with it and maybe have one more match with brock and mania and that would have been fine but if you go back to goldberg returning that monday night raw leading up to that survivor series and toronto that crowd was losing their minds for goldberg all right and yes i know goldberg is not a, a mat technician yes He's an unsafe worker. Um, but this is going back to his WCW days. This ain't nothing new. So WWE already si- knew what they were signing up for. The problem with the Goldberg return was they had him defeat Kevin Owens for the yeah. Universal title, which everybody wanted to see Kevin Owens and Jericho mm-hmm. for that title. Instead, mm-hmm. we didn't get that. You put the strap on Goldberg so he could drop it on Lesnar and Mania, which we didn't need that. We didn't need that at all. So... The problem with the Goldberg return was the Goldberg return was fine until WWE WWE did. Yeah, I, I think Goldberg. <laughs> get, and then with you wait, get in your own way, McMahon. And then people give Goldberg shit about the Taker thing. They both try yeah. to kill each other. And it wasn't just it wasn't just Goldberg. Taker hasn't been all that great in years, and I know that's a thing that people don't want to admit to it. But Goldberg has not. I mean, Taker has not no. looked good mm-hmm. since that WrestleMania 30 loss. There was probably maybe two matches that he looked decent in. Yeah. 
Go, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but he, here's the thing, too. And we're talking about what is Sting going to do in AEW. We don't know. But what we do know is that he's not coming in to bury any young talent. He's not coming in to win any championships. He's not coming in to take a spot away from a young talent on a huge show. And that's the difference between what WWE does with, with people that, that come back like this and what AEW does. Like you just said, Goldberg yeah. came in, he squashed Kevin Owens, wins the title, unnecessary. Comes in and just completely kills the Fiend's momentum this year to win the title, unnecessary. Twice he's come in and squashed somebody's momentum for no reason, only to drop the belt a month later at WrestleMania. Makes no sense, not needed. That is not going to happen with Sting and, or any legend that AEW brings in because AEW is smarter than that. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about, oh, you know, people crap all over Goldberg and Undertaker coming back from the WWE, but not this. It's because it's a different scenario, and Absolutely. the way they use them is key. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, you guys would enjoy this. Uh, Sting is on Instagram, and he only follows 56 people. One of the people that he does follow is Darby Allen, but he also follows the official Sting, the singer. <laughs> 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 there you go. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That's it. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> Was not expecting that, Leo. That is pretty. That's funny. why people listen to us, bro. He also follows the Dallas Cowboys. I feel sorry for him. Uh but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, any anything else on Sting before we uh, we move on to some of the other crazier news that happened on AEW this past week? I think for me, I think we covered it. Yeah, for for me, I mean, again, and I grew up with Surfer's thing. Like that's those are my first ideas of wrestling when we first came here to the states. You know, from the old country, uh, when we came here to the states, trying to figure out what the hell this thing was, right? Because again, the, the wrestling that I grew up when I was very little watching was some guy in like remember the Yeti. That was what Argentina wrestling was like that I used to grow up with. That that bad. That's how bad it was. But then I come here and I and I look at this thing on TV. This guy, he has face paint. He looks like a surfer. He's cool. He looks totally different than anything else that WCW had at the time. Like, you could just see this guy. It didn't matter if he was 15, 30, 45, or 60. He wanted your attention, and he got it. And he, get it. he had that control. And then when he switched over to the crow, because, again, you have to evolve. That was a whole thing in its own. Then when he went over to TNA... Totally different. And that's why I said the Joker before. Because to think, me, think, that was I, the best one. Joker Sting is very underrated, in my opinion. That was Just the saying, best yeah. one. I know people like to crap on TNA, but Joker Sting is very underrated in my book. He, like, he literally looked like the loose cannon that Brian Pillman was, you know, when he first got to WWE. I have a soft spot for Sting. I, mm. I love Sting as a kid. I was very fortunate back in 2009. I got to meet Sting, a very young Mr. Rated R with no tattoos. Got to meet the icon Sting. Uh, I I'm happy to see him yeah. back. Yes, he's older. Yes, his hairline is a little bit, you know, whatever. But back here? Uh, well, he has more hair than you. But. It's okay. <laughs> but, but, I got to meet him too. I got to go find my picture. Though. But um, I, 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 it just, you know what it is? Mm. It feels like he's at home. Yeah. Him showing up at AEW. It just feels right. But I think Shivani, again, and, and that's why, you know, people are here in the chat are saying, I think the three of us also believe the same thing. When you hear the first words that have to come out in any AEW thing, if Sting shows up, the first person to talk has to be Shivani. 
Like they're synonymous. They're synonymous with each other. He's sitting down with uh, Tony Schiavone this Wednesday. So yes, and and again, it's the perfect buildup because now they're giving you a point of action. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we got Sting. So what do we do now? Oh, we don't know when he's going to show up. No, they're telling you next week you're going to hear him speak. Yep. And and again, that's all it is: is you carrying people from one day to the other. And I think that's where you drop off most of the stuff and you kind of give it away. Because if AW would have said. Hey, we got a big surprise for you guys tonight at 9.07. You guys should tune in. And credit to AEW with surprising us because they're giving us surprises, right? WWE doesn't really do that because they always tweet everything. They but that's spoil what I'm it saying. for us. <laughs> exactly. So uh, good good thing, by the way. I'm looking at, at Sting's um, Instagram. I'm already following him, by the way. He's got some cool pictures. He got one there with the Road Warriors. You guys should go check it out. We're done. Pero dale, go ahead. What else happened this week? All right. Let's get into the main event. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. First of all, this match was great. But while this match was great, I think it was overshadowed how Kenny won the match and then what transpired after this. Ryan, take it away. Yeah, holy crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, I don't even I don't even know if I can find the right word. Still, four days later, I'm on such a high. Uh, how un- do I even talk? Or, unbelievable, bro. Unbelievable. Unreal. So... Yeah, I mean, the, the Kenny uh, Mox match, like you said, was great. Everything was awesome. There was some confusion, though, oh, when, when Mox takes him out on the outside, and then here comes Don Callis, right? I'm like, what the hell is going on? He grabs the microphone. By the way, starts... Don, Ca- Don Callis was on commentary. He returned mm-hmm. for commentary, just like yeah. he did at Full Gear. Yeah. Then he comes ringside. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He grabs the mic. I'm like, what is, what is he about to say right now? Like, this is ru- Like, in my mind now, I'm like, this is ruining the match. I'm like, what is going on here? And then, you know, we find out that Kenny faked the injury and then he was there just because uh, he, he needed to give Kenny the mic and distract the ref. And, oh, man, everything from that point forward, just brilliant. And when I saw those two align themselves together, I was like, wow, like, is Don Callis here to stay? Because, like, if they do this huge angle, he can't just leave the following week and never come mm-hmm. back, you know? Like, I know he's the... Uh, He's uh, in charge of impact and stuff, but I'm like, this is interesting. And then they're running to the back, and then all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> find out on Tuesday. And I'm thinking, I have to, I have to tune into AEW Dark. <laughs> so I never, I don't watch that show. So, 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 to- oh, so, so, all right, let me let me pause you real quick, Ryan. So, so we get this Fagazi finish, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he does hit the one winged angel on John Moxley, whatever. He gets the one, two, three. Don Callis is like going nuts. He grabs the title. He puts it on Kenny. Kenny's holding it up, and you hear commentary going like, "Something stinks here," or whatever. Jr. goes like, "Something stinks here." Then you just see Don Callis like panicking for whatever reason. He's pointing to the crowd, and at the time, I didn't understand why he was pointing to the crowd. So he grabs Kenny, and they run off or whatever. What I love about this little chasing with the cameraman just chasing Kenny Omega <laughs> and Don Callis was like, you see everybody backstage is just talking shit to fucking Don Callis. Kenny Omega, you see um, Tony, you see Tony Khan like saying some shit to him, right? Whatever. Then they pass Jerry Lynn or whatever. And I love the little details of it because Jerry Lynn, former ECW guy, Don Callis, Cyrus the Virus or whatever. Jerry Lynn is just screaming mm-hmm. at Don Callis or whatever. And Don Callis just like shoved him out of the way. And then you see some of the other talent just like, just like yelling at Don Callis and Kenny Omega and they're running, they're running or whatever. Out of nowhere, uh, Marvez 
shows up out of nowhere. Like, yeah. he was just hiding behind a dumpster. And it's like, hey, what's going on here? What's going on here? Whatever. And then that's when Don Callis drops the news, drops, drops the bombshell saying, you'll find, you want to know what's going on here? You'll find out next Tuesday. And then Marvez goes like, AW Dynamite's on Wednesday. He's like, no, you'll find out on Impact Wrestling on Access TV. And then the, the fu- they get in the car and the car fucking takes off. Mm-hmm. So going back to what I originally said when they were, ba- they were both in the ring and Don Kaus is pointing at the crowd, he was pointing at the car. That's what he was pointing to, saying like the car is here. Uh, okay. Because it's like an outside venue. The whole thing was just crazy. And it was, you know what I, it felt like? It felt like I was in the 90s again when you didn't know who was going to show up on what show. Did, didn't it feel like an NWO-esque closing? Yes, it did. Like where it, the, the show's about to end, you're about to get that lower third that yeah. says WCW 2001, and then, you know, they're running away and a car speeds away. It, it was, the whole thing was well-produced. It was nuts. It left you in so many questions. Nostalgia, bro. And That's now, like, <laughs> Kenny Omega is going to show up on Impact Wrestling this Tuesday, and this is where all the speculation comes in. Um, who? Ryan, uh, do you want to take it away with the speculation? Uh, what's been reported? What's not been reported? Or give me your thoughts on it. Talk to me. Yeah, right. So uh, what's been speculated apparently is uh, I think like they said uh, this is only going to be like this is not going to be as it's not going to be like what most people are thinking it's going to be like we're all um, fantasizing all these dream matches and everything. But apparently this isn't going to be like a huge partnership, right? Or something like that. Like it's, it's only going to be like a like a short term type of thing, and it's going to be like an exchange. Like maybe the Good Brothers will come over to AEW or so, something like so that. So there was so there was many reports coming in this week right after Wednesday. You know, you had your reports from Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer, then Wrestling Inc. reported some stuff. So initially, the reports were that AEW and Impact have some type of deal partnership or whatever where we could potentially some, not all, of crossover. Right? That was the the first reports and the idea of AEW. Which if you go back to the roots of AEW and what Tony Khan, Cody, and the Bucks said initially was they wanted to change the wrestling business to the better, where everyone gets uh, gets something out of this, right? And they were open to business to do business with anybody, right? And us as fans, we want them to do business like with New Japan. That's something that we've been cramming and craving for for so long already. Like, when are we going to see an AEW-New Japan partnership, right? So, and then we've seen throughout this past, what, year year and some change now they doing some crossover with the nwa right it's uh, with the nwa women's championship so that was the initial reports right that they were open to business to you know to do with whatever and we know that don Cows and kenny omega also you could throw the bucks in there they have a really tight relationship with don Cows, especially kenny omega and don Cows, right don Cows, he's the evp of impact wrestling so why not they have some cross promotion we obviously saw him at full gear why not right um then wrestling inc reported saying that we might not see that much crossover, that the Kenny Omega appearance on Impact Wrestling this Tuesday is might just be a one-off, mm-hmm. and this could potentially lead to the Good Brothers. Maybe that will be the way to connect the Good Brothers with Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers then get into a program with a tag team in AEW. Do most, something. Most likely the Young Bucks. And there's rumblings that Don Callis' contract as EVP with yeah. Impact Wrestling might be coming up at the end of December. And who knows, maybe he signs a deal with AEW to become a full-time manager for Kenny Omega. So this is all speculation. We don't know. Also, keep in mind, plans could always change. Something mm-hmm. might start off as just a one-off, and then it might progress and lead to other things. We don't know that. What, what we do know is 
AEW's open to do business with other promotions. We've seen it with AAA. We've seen it with NWA. Now we're seeing it with Impact Wrestling. But isn't WWE also open to doing that? Isn't that what, isn't that what AAA said you're too? Quote you're, on quote. You're, you're, you're pulling a Sam now. You're jumping ahead. We're not going to talk about <laughs> no, no, that no, right now. No, because no, I, I found it funny, the timing well, let's, of that, let's of what he's saying. The, let's finish that. But impact, now so. with, with Impact and with AEW, again, and we've talked about this from, from day one, you know what I mean? You want to have them because, again, that was the whole idea of All In. Yes. The whole idea of All In was, and again, that's what I saw it happening, was get every single promotion to give the best talent for them to get promoted, basically for people to know about AAA, for people to know about, you know, New Japan, Ring of Honor. And again, that was the whole idea. Now, fast forward to 2020. They are working because you have seen the the AAA title. You have seen some wrestling exchange. You have seen some guys from AEW in New Japan. Again, that's what you want at the end of the day. So, again, am I looking forward to this? Of course. Of course, because you have a lot of good talent. Remember, in Impact 2, they might be able to, again, make the cross. You have TNA people showing up in AEW. All that stuff is good for the wrestling business, right? I don't, I don't, I don't see how anybody could be sour on this. I saw people, of course, oh, you see the on. people online saying, "Who watches Impact? Who gives a shit?" Like I stopped yeah. watching Impact years ago, and it's like, okay, if you saying that you stopped watching Impact years ago, how can you say the product is trash if you don't watch it currently? <laughs> you want to know when was right. the last time they watched it? When Hogan was there. That's probably the last time they <laughs> and watched Dixie. it. Of yeah. course. Listen, and, listen th this. For first off, AEW is just changing the game in more ways than one. It's it's absolutely unbelievable, and they don't really even have to do this. You know, I think everybody agrees that AEW is helping Impact more than Impact's helping AEW here. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's totally fine, and that's really awesome to see. I mean, between AEW having all this independent talent uh, on AEW Dark, giving them opportunities to work during a pandemic at an uncertain time when indies aren't running, and now this giving even more. Uh, another company, more exposure. It's just unbelievable. And I feel like they don't have to do this, but it just goes to show the mindset of Tony Khan, the Bucks, Cody, and everybody involved. So awesome to see. Now, yeah, as far as everybody crapping all over Impact, listen, I know everybody wanted the New Japan partnership. I'm one of those people. I wanted to see that so badly. But it's New Japan's doing. They didn't want to be involved. They're too, you know, loyal to Ring of Honor. So let's hope that continues to work out great for them, right? As I roll my eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, this is good for business and this is good for wrestling fans. I don't think people realize how much good talent Impact has. Now, I, I told you this, Mario, when we were talking over Instagram. I said, I don't watch Impact every week. And it's not because it's not good. It's just because I don't really feel like consuming another wrestling product. Right. I already watch enough. Mm -hmm. So like, and you know, I've watched some Impact, and to me, it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me in ways that AEW, NXT, and New Japan do. But it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not something I'm going to invest my time in. But I do watch the pay per views, and I think the pay per views are great. They kill it all the time. This is a totally new company than when Dixie was there. It's Absolutely. totally different. Don Callis, Scott Demore, they know what they're doing. This is good for wrestling fans, and people just need to let it play out. Instead of having a negative connotation to impact and, oh, AEW shouldn't be doing this, let's see how it plays out. I mean, the Good Brothers are there. Look at the freaking knockouts division that Impact has. I mean, people are clamoring for AEW's women's division to get better. This is a way for that to happen. 
I mean, man, this is just this is so damn exciting. And what you said too with Don Callis is uh, contract apparently coming to an end. I don't know how true that is, but man, if he leaves Impact and signs full time with AEW, that's even more intriguing right there. I mean, like you said, we don't know how far it's going to go right now. It could just be like a one time thing, but if it's successful. Man, we could see more uh, of like, you know, these back and forth crossovers and things like that. So who knows where this is going to lead to? And, and and I just want to point out, too, that Impact has, be, has been rebuilding their brand the last three years. This hasn't been just like over yeah. the last couple of months. Ever since Don Callis and Scott Dilmore took the helm of Impact Wrestling, they've been changing that brand for the better. Mm-hmm. For the better. L- look at what they did for... Ortiz and Santana. You could make an argument that Ortiz and Santana were booked better in Impact than what they were getting booked now in AEW. People yeah. could make that argument. Mm-hmm. The same, you could make the same argument for Brian Cage. Impact has been in a rebuild, rebuilding stage the last couple of years, and they've been doing great by it. Now, with the whole Don, Don Callis thing, I'm not going to lie to you. I do watch Impact every week. I enjoy their product. And that's fine. You don't got to lie. No, no, no. <laughs> um, if Don Callis does leave, I, I I do feel a little scared for Impact because I I, mm-hmm. I want Impact to continue having this momentum. One of the things I told you privately, Ryan, when we were messaging each other back and forth, is like AEW is giving the rub to Impact. Like it, like you said, yeah. Impact has more to gain here than AEW. Yeah. I just hope with this little, even if it's a little crossover, or whatever, and Kenny just showing up on Impact Wrestling. I hope this just gets more eyes on Impact Wrestling because I feel like mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling is a very unsung product. People don't give them yeah. his credit because they still got that TNA stink to it. Also, I started like just thinking about stuff and I was like, man, this is just crazy how AEW is like, you know, semi doing business with AEW. It just goes to show you what if this whole speaking out movement didn't happen? Imagine if Marty and Ring of Honor would have been in this position that Impact mm-hmm. and Don Callis is right now. That could have been yeah. a three way. Good point. Mm-hmm. You, you, but but again, so so going back to what we were talking about before, right? With people just having that negative uh, negative impact on impact. <laughs> Basically, what happens is this: if you and again things evolve. If you don't evolve, you die, right? Mm-hmm. So TNA Impact GFW, whatever names you want to put it on there, it's not the same product that it was when it first started. It's not the same product that it was when when you had you know the the whole X division. It's not the same product that when Hogan came in. It's not again. It has evolved. So if you still say, "Oh, I don't like Impact because of this," again, because you haven't watched it. We we've because we stay and we watch all this stuff, right? But we know things that have happened backstage. We know when when they decided to say, "You know what? We don't need to work with you guys. We're going to go on our own way. We're going to hire the people that we need." You know what I mean? Again, things have evolved. The people that are going to bitch and moan are the same people that are going to bitch and moan today, tomorrow, the day after. It, it, I don't know, if McMahon dies, they're going to bitch, oh, he should have lived longer or he should have died before. Again, what it comes down to is this, people are going to argue and bitch and moan about everything. We as wrestling fans Look, this is awesome. You want them to work with each other. Again, and I've said this from day one, with the way that social media works nowadays, you need to bring back the territories, but you need them to work together. That can overthrow McMahon. That can not even overthrow. That can give you a viable option for people to actually watch something good on TV, which is what we want. I don't want to waste my time every week with Raw. I'm tired of that shit. Right. Go ahead, Ryan. No, go ahead, Ryan. 
I just, you know, it's I and it bothers me too because like we're all wrestling fans mm-hmm. here. I, I don't think, you know, obviously we have our favorite promotions to watch, but at the end of the day, we're pro wrestling fans. So if there's something good, like a great match or a great pay per view card, no matter what company it is, I'm watching it. I'm sure you guys are too. I hate the people that are so loyal to one company no. that they want everything else to fail. I don't get it. Now, I just said I don't watch Impact every week, but do I hate Impact? No. It's just another place to work. It's another company to watch. Their pay-per-views are killer. They have great talent. Why would I want them to fail? Ring of Honor? I think it's a complete dumpster fire at the moment. But do I want them to fail? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, I just don't understand people that, that hate on, like, oh, I hate Impact. Oh, AEW shouldn't be working with Impact. I hope Impact fails. Why? It makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many times have been people have been saying over the years that Impact's going to die? It's 20 freaking 20, and they're still here, and they're better than ever. I, I You can make an argument that they're as good as they've been since, like, the early days of, like, 2005 to mm-hmm. 2008, 2009, before Hogan got there, the, or the glory days of TNA, in my opinion. I, it just it makes no sense, and it bothers me that people want to see these companies fail. And, man, I just couldn't imagine, like, there's some people out there that just watch WWE. I don't know how these people do it. I really don't. <laughs> I, I would have stopped watching wrestling years ago if I if WWE was the only thing around. <clears throat> and, and and listen, the, the, that's a that's one thing I take pride and shit on fans like that because that's the toxicity that we need to eliminate and ignore. Because I don't understand how you could have the mindset of, of seeing a wrestling promotion fail. Like that's not good for the, for the boys. It's not good for the business. You remember when w, when WWE bought everything when. They bought the archives of ECW. 2001. And when they took WCW out of business, like, mm-hmm. all these talents had nowhere to work. They would have to small work at small indies, and then luckily Ring of, Ring of Honor started uh, coming up or whatever. Why would we want that again? It's a good thing that we have all these different promotions that, that have either some type of TV deals or, or do pay-per-views or do iPay-per-views. Like, it's a good thing. Like, I just don't get the mindset of seeing... And, and and that's just not for the, all the the WWE diehards and loyalists. That's also the people that are that want WWE to fail. We don't want WWE to fail. We just want it to be better. Like okay. I, I just don't get that mindset. But that's just part of toxicity toxicity of wrestling fans. Yeah, they, like 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 we've mentioned we mentioned the last time I was here, and like you said before, Leo, it's just people just complaining just yeah. to complain. You know, they always got to complain about something. You know, they're they're not satisfied with anything. Even if uh, it was revealed that AEW is working with New Japan, I'm sure some people would find some negative things to say about that. Just because you know people need to complain about something, and it's just it's ridiculous. And I'm 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 really like I said, I'm tired of it. When I saw this news, I was ecstatic about it. Then I go on Twitter and I see some idiots are like, oh, you know, they shouldn't be working with Impact. Why the hell not? I don't know how anyone could be down or upset about this. This is great. It's exciting. Everybody's talking about it. And then also, I just want to point out too, for all those pro WWE pages on social media or whatever mm-hmm. that only post about WWE, mm-hmm. shut, WWE shit but yet when something is trending in another promotion they'll all of a sudden post about like another promotion because it's trending <laughs> oh like, so you th- the, they posted stink you, like you guys are some oh. you guys are some fucking clowns oh. bro like they'll post nothing but <laughs> WWE stuff Fake right ass. but yet when AEW makes an announcement that they start you know that a video a video game is going to come out or they have an action figure line or Sting just showed up they magically all of a sudden decide to post something that's AEW like yo these pages are some fucking clowns bro you know you know what happens <laughs> you know what happens they play to their audience right if you if you talk shit about the AEW game right you forget 
where all these WWE games that they've been selling to you, which is the same recycled shit for the past six years, which the graphics suck, or you forget the 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 first video games, the arcade ones were good. But then when they started doing this whole little block thing, when they wanted to move the camera, bro, I remember those graphics. So, again, you can't say that the WWE is the best at everything because you forget all the shit that we have to put up with. I I, uh, I checked. I'm not a gamer. I checked out of the video game scene a long no, time but, ago. But I'm but saying, like, my favorite vi- yeah. wrestling video game is No Mercy and Revenge. Of Those course. are my two favorite wrestling games. Of course, yeah. But, again, they, they play to the audience because – if they can't talk nice about WWE, they're going to shit on everything else that's out there, right? And I'm pretty sure if they put Sting's picture up there, they're going to say, oh, look at look at, uh, at AW trying to be WCW again. Again, like, people are going to bitch and moan about everything. And I think the us, is, yeah, go ahead. The, the alternative is always going to get shit on. Of course. Uh, you know, uh, this is a comparison I always like to make. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge diehard New York Mets fan. But who runs New York (laughs) baseball? It's always going to be the New York Yankees. They're always the big brother. In this Mm -hmm. case, the Yankees are the WWE, and the Mets are the lower tier. They're like Impact, AEW, because like they're like they're seen as like you know not the big juggernaut. You know what I mean? And it's just like the alternative or the lower tier is always going to get shit on compared to you know the 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 big the big leagues. You know the, the big time like WWE. Even though WWE does get criticism obviously too but at the end of the day people will go to bat for wwe over a company like impact for example blindly that's that i think that's the 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 keyword like again wwe could could give you pooping well they can give you dirt from a match that happened (laughs) in in georgia and tell you yeah this is the dirt from the graveyard match and your dumbass is going to pay 180 dollars for it no thank you i can sell you some dirt from my backyard so but yeah wwe does that so um what else happened this week mario well, you mentioned it before, but I think we should talk about it. So uh, Triple H did a media call for War Games This that's happening tonight. Apparently, there's no steam behind it, even though I'm sure it's going to be a great pay-per-view because of all the AEW stuff that happened this week. But War Games is happening tonight, and in this media call, he did say they're open for business to work with other promotions. I think he's just working the dirt sheets. I, I don't see, as long as Vince is at the realm, on the, on the big chair. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the tribal chief of the WWE, all right? As long as Vince is in this position, there's no chance in hell that he will work with uh, another um, a big American promotion nope. or even New Japan. Now, I know he does business with Progress, ICW, and all the and Evolve and whatever, but those promotions are pretty much at this point, they're WWE promotions, all right? He's, he's taking talent from right, them. Right, Hello, right, He's not so, working with them. He's poaching exactly, your shit. These are not Sorry. major promotions, so... I don't see, as long as Vince is at the realm, I don't see WWE doing business with any other promotions. Uh, Ryan, talk to me about uh, Triple H's uh, comments on how they're open for business. Yeah, I I saw that headline, and I didn't even read into it any further. I was (laughs) like, bullshit, bullshit. But you know, I do, I would like to think, though, that if it was solely up to Triple H, that he would be open. Oh, I agree on ten percent because he is a lot smarter than Vince. So maybe he re- he really means that. Um, but obviously, we know as long as Vince is living and, and breathing on this earth, he, it's never going to happen. And you know, which is, I mean, I guess it's fine, whatever. But you know, at the same time, like you said, all these promotions like Progress, a promotion I used to love, man, like 
Bro, we gone, bro, dead, buried, gone. Don't forget that at the progress show in Philly, that's where I met the whole uh, Ramble yes. Royale crew. That's yes, where I met all you guys. We met each other. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. The ECW Arena. That's, mm -hmm. That was a that was a great show and a great day. It was a doubleheader with Evolve too. Another promotion that is just, in my opinion, dead and buried and done because it's under WWE's you know banner now, and it just makes no sense how WWE's trying to kill these promotions off when. I mean, half their talent comes from these promotions, too. Like, isn't that weird how they always try and kill off all these companies? But, like, where do you expect to get talent from, So you know, down the line? But, and we could talk about that all day long. But, yeah, as far as Triple H open for business, give me a break. They ain't open for business <laughs> with anybody. They're out for themselves. They, they're trying to monopolize the industry. And it's just like, you know, they sign in guys left and right that, you know, that you know have no future in the company. Mm -hmm. They just signed uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, among other people. Yep, we're going to talk about that next. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that. But briefly, these two guys aren't going anywhere in the company. Let's no. be honest. They, they are going nowhere. And it does, has nothing to do with their talent. It's just because I have no confidence that they're going to do anything with these guys. But, I mean, that's just the point. They just sign people just to sign people. They're not looking to benefit any other company it, it, as long as it benefits them they'll do it but i don't see a scenario where they're going to work with another company in the u.s or even a company outside like new japan where it's going to completely benefit them and not the other promotion mm -hmm. I mean, the the only time they ever talked about New Japan or Old Japan or anything is when they were doing an actual tour of Japan. Just saying. Again, it benefits them. But uh, but Triple H saying, yeah, we're gonna work with 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 other companies. It's like when we were younger and you would talk to your friends and be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the park. It's not a problem. But then you would have to turn around and talk to mom or dad and ask them, and they were like, no, you're not going. That's kind of like what Triple H is doing. Like, oh yeah, I'll go work with other companies. Hey, Dad, McMahon, can we go work with other companies? You know you're going to get a no. You know you're going to get a no. But but again, and, and you're right, Triple H is smarter. I, I think smarter too, but also he has a, a hand on the pulse. He knows what works. That's why you're able to see guys and girls in NXT connect so well, have character development, and then when they go up to the to Raw or SmackDown, because it's not even the main roster anymore, Raw or SmackDown, that's why they lost. Because they don't know what to do with them. They don't understand the growth, the development. They're still, McMahon's idea is still Goldberg. It's still Brock Lesnar. It, you know, you can't put an Adam Cole over. You can't put a, a Sami Zayn over. You can't put a Kevin Owens over. Why? Because he doesn't have that, that hand on the pulse anymore, man. So, again, the whole Triple H, him working with the outside company, again, the timing, come on now. We know why. You, we know why we you're know saying why. it. So, yeah. But, again, do I see it happening? No, I don't think so. Unless they're going to benefit something and just take all their talent. As long as Vince is alive, it's not happening. There you go. But uh, Ryan did mention uh, the new uh, Performance Center class for the WWE, and he, two of those was um, – well, two-thirds of the Rascals, uh, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz. We also had Alex Zane, uh, a GCW regular. I was very fortunate to see his last match in Atlantic City uh, last month. Also, Japanese wrestler Sajura Eichmann Haguchi. And Salut. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> and Annual Howard, I, I believe she used to play for the WNBA, and also indie star Russ Taylor, which I'm not too familiar with, but... Interesting about this uh this picture because you know you see the the pictures of the new recruits or whatever. Um, one of the members of the Rascals is missing, 
And that's Trey Miguel. Now, reports started coming out this week that Trey Miguel right now is undecided right now whether he wants to go the WWE route and join his rascal brothers or go to the AEW route and be a single star. Uh, what's your thoughts on, you know, this rascal's breakup, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm quite surprised. Uh, I, I thought 100% that Trey Miguel was going to join his buddies to go to the WWE, you know, knock it off the bucket list and uh, just be with his, his friends and yeah, when WWE comes calling, you know, usually people go there, you know, to fulfill a childhood dream or whatever the case may be. The money's good, whatever. Um, you know, and he like there was a big deal when they left Impact. Like, yes, all three of them were like it was like all three of them were leaving, like done. And, and you know, I'm sure you watched it, Mario. Like Trey Miguel was the one that was crying like the most they, during that whole entire they were, segment. They were all very emotional. But, yeah, Trey was the one um, that was definitely the most emotional out of three. And it, it kind of like, it made me think of that too. Cause I'm like, wow, maybe mm -hmm. there was more to him crying. Maybe right. there was more to him. Like, okay, this is probably will be the final time I get to, you know, work with my, my two other brothers, my two other best friends. And, and, you know, in this group, cause maybe he's choosing another route. Well, I mean, the other, the only other route is AEW, right? I mean, because where else is he going to go if he doesn't go to WWE? Well, he's not going to Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Ring of Honor's great. Loaded. They're loaded with talent over there. Oh, I, I hate to crap on Ring of Honor. And I know, we'll, and we'll, it's and we'll, just so easy. I know. And we're going to get back to these recruits, <laughs> but ROH, man. And listen. I, I have watched some of the the you know the the empty arena tapings, especially the pure tournament stuff, and the matches are good. It's just I just feel like the second the Marty Scroll thing happened, man, mm -hmm. did it take? It was like a shot to an open wound, and it just opened the wound again. And and I don't know, man. Like I know they're building this whole uh, stable, the foundation with Jay Lethal and Jonathan Grisham, but it's just Ring of Honor is just not hitting the same right now. And it's, it's like 2020 started off with a lot of momentum for them because it's like, okay, Marty's taking the realm. There's so much uh, buzz behind Ring of Honor. And, and I think a lot of the fan base was getting excited for ROH. And now it's just, eh. What, uh, what happened was is like, you know when they say like you build with one hand and you break it apart with the other hand? That's kind of like what happened with, with uh, Ring of Honor. You had Marty at the, again, at the beginning of the year. You guys remember the whole buzz when he showed up on uh, on um, NWA, NWA, right? Again, yep. that's all you talked about for two weeks was just him being there. But then the whole thing happened, mm -hmm. you know. And then he got put on the shelf. And then he said, "Well, it's it's okay here in the UK." And you kind of buried yourself even more. And again, it's he's not there with them now. But you kind of still associate the two, and it's too soon to say, no, it's totally different. Like we were talking about before with Impact. It's been, what, three years? Four years? Since the whole Dixie thing and then when they got kicked I, I out think, and everything? I think Dixie gave up all the rights or whatever it is to, to, to Impact. I want to say it's been like maybe four or five years, okay. give or take. Okay, but this whole Ring of Honor, we're not even on a year. Yeah, yeah. We're not even on a year. Mm -hmm. Because now, again, it takes some time now Again, like we were talking about before, we don't want any of these these companies to fail, and that's why you, Mario, take the time to go ahead and watch their product because we are giving it a chance. But I think it's going to take a little bit more time, and you got to see, okay, who they bring in, who do they work and, and with. They, and they have great talent. The Ring yeah. of Honor, if you look at some of the Ring of Honor talent, they have great talent. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Like I, I know Mike Bennett returned. He mm -hmm. reunited with Matt Taven. They have great talent. It's just, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, and... and, and 
I don't know if it's the empty arena aspect because Impact does shows in an empty arena also, but it just hits different. Like I'm more invested in the Impact stuff. Mm-hmm. ROH is just I don't, the, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know, Ryan. Well, I mean, even when they weren't doing empty arena uh, shows. They were doing shows with like I don't know, like thirty people there. Like there was nobody <laughs> ever there, anyways. So right. there's no difference. Right. And Might you, as well you know, be an empty arena. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's it's sad. It really is. And I, I I always said that, and I it's still true that AEW unintentionally killed Ring of Honor because right. just after after you know the the elite left, uh, nobody cared about Ring of Honor, myself included. And then, you know, like you said, in the beginning of the year, uh, Marty Skrull's coming in. I'm like, okay, I love Marty. I've always been a fan of his. I think he can do some good things with this promotion. And, and then, he was. And course, he was until yeah, the pandemic happened. Right. Then the pandemic hit, and then all of a sudden the speaking out movement happened. And it's just, it's falling apart again. And I just, I don't know how it's ever going to get back to where it once was. Because Ring of Honor was always had that cycle going where it's like they would lose a bunch of talent to the WWE. They would rebuild. And then they'd be okay. And it was just a constant cycle. Like, they'd be good. They'd lose people. They, they wouldn't be so good. And then they would get more people or build people up. And then they'd be good again. But I just don't see how they ever recover. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to die. I don't know what their money situation is. Well, they're, they're, they're owned by Sinclair. So they, they have right. money out they'll there. Be so they'll, they'll be so fine. they're okay. Right. Yeah, in, in that case, they're okay. But, man, how many loyal Ring of Honor fans are there out there? And when the shows <laughs> do pick up again and when they do start running buildings and – you know, like I just, man, how many people are going to show up? Like, right, I, you right. know, if, if Ring of Honor ran, you know, the Hammerstein, which is where I used to see them all the time, you know, depending on the card, you know, I, I would probably go check it out. But if the card doesn't intrigue me, you know, again, I want to support these products, but man, I'm just not about, you know, going to just watch a company just to watch them. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. Ring of Honor, their their future is, is I, I don't know. I don't know what it holds. I really don't. All right. So uh, moving on from ROH, let's get back to these recruits. So, out of all of them, you know, and I love the Rascals, uh, Xavier, Wentz. I love them. I hope they do something with them, but I'm not putting any money on it. I think the the highest ceiling here for all these talents, I think, is Alex Zane. I think Alex mm-hmm. Zane could be a superstar in the WWE if – I know he could be a superstar in NXT. Now, on Raw and SmackDown, depending on who's booking the show, that's another story. <laughs> but this guy has superstar written all over him. He's great in the ring. He has a great look. He's charismatic as hell. He could talk in the mic. Um, this guy c- could be, uh, you know, a potential top star in the WWE. Are you familiar with Alex Zane at all, Ryan, or no? Yeah, probably not as familiar as you because I'm sure you've seen him wrestle more times than me. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle once because I've never been to a GCW show. Um, but I am familiar with. I- I've seen some of his matches. Um, and yeah, he's charismatic. I follow him on Instagram. He seems just like a like a star in the making. So I think out of everybody. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think he has the highest ceiling. And it's weird to say because Dez and, and Zach Wentz have a lot of experience, but I just don't see them going anywhere. But, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by him. All right, let's talk about some more WWE stuff. Uh, so, Raw. Raw is raw, you know. <laughs> raw, <laughs> raw is not raw is not war. It's more like war within yourself watching Raw sometimes. But some... Maybe one, two interesting things did happen, and that's uh, we got to see a really, really good 
triple threat match between AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Now, on paper, you're like, come on. It's it's look at who's in the ring right here. Three mm-hmm. top guys. You have a, a future Hall of Famer in AJ Styles. You have two top guys, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee, even though on Raw they haven't really been booked right. But um, why wouldn't this be a great match? But, but the they, match, could, they could go in the ring. Right. This match was great. And AJ Styles picked up the win, and now we're going to see a match between him, him and Drew McIntyre at TLC. I'm looking forward to this match. This match really gets me excited, and I think this is a perfect opponent for Drew McIntyre uh, for that WWE Championship. You know, AJ, me as an AJ Styles mark, would I love him to defeat Drew McIntyre for the world title? Absolutely. Of but course. AJ Styles in, is in a position where he's like a Shawn Michaels that he could lose to Drew and not lose any credibility, not lose any steam at all. And I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, Ryan, talk to me about this match. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm super hyped up on it. It was pretty obvious AJ was going over in the triple threat, but I'm more than okay with that. A singles match between these guys is going to just rule. Um, I, I, we don't, I don't think we've seen it before, right, between these two? No, no. I don't, First, yeah. I don't remember so, seeing uh, it on the Independence. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, but not into the WWE. So, yeah, I'm super hyped for this. Uh, you know, I'm sure Drew will end up retaining, but that doesn't matter. As long as they give us a good feud, good buildup, and, and great payoff and great matches, I mean, I'm all for it. If this drags into 2021, you know, goes we have another match at the Rumble, I'm more than okay because these two are, are without a doubt two of the best in the company and two of the best in the world. So, yeah, I mean, super hyped about it. So I, I just want to throw this out there by saying the Bullet Club owns and rules the world, and I just want to put this out there. So right <laughs> now, so right now, Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, right? Yep. You got the yep. Young Bucks, AEW Tag Champions, yep. right? You head over to WWE, Adam Cole with the Undisputed Era, and they're in. A big main event tonight at War Games, all right? Mm-hmm. You also have AJ Styles. He's gunning for the World Heavyweight Championship, and who knows? He might end up even taking the title from Drew. We don't know, right? You head over to Impact Wrestling. You got the Good Brothers, Impact Tag Champions. New Japan, Jay White. He's going to be challenging for both championships at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, bro, Bullet Club, Kenta, challenging for the United States Championship, whoever that might be. We don't know yet, but... Um, <laughs> You know, you have the Gorillas of Destiny in the World Tag League. Bro, Bullet Club is fucking taking over, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still, still taking over. Still taking over. I, unbelievable. Longest running faction that's, you know, will never die. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just happy for everyone that's involved and just see how these former Bullet Club guys are in different organizations and they're still at the top of their game. Yeah, like you said, it's it's crazy. You could look across the entire scene, and, and every former or current star is in a big-time position. You, you love to see it. So moving on to SmackDown, I you know I saw mixed people, uh, mixed reviews on this promo segment. I actually enjoyed it. It felt real. And that's between Carmella and Sasha. Now, on mm-hmm. paper, you look at this match, and you're like, ah. You know, it's Carmella. No disrespect to Carmella, right? But, you know, she's gorgeous and all. But, you know, it's like, come on. It's, it's not, Carmella. It, you know, it's Carmella, right? It's just not at a level that Sasha Banks. But with this promo, them going, you know, them getting with each other, right? <laughs> they, they, it felt it felt real, you know? I, at one point, I thought one of them was going to say this. Who the hell told you tonight was open mic night, bitch? That's how it felt like. But if... if <laughs> that was definitely Sasha. It was... A, <laughs> It was very, <laughs> it was very believable. This back and forth, and it kind of got me invested in this match. Now I don't expect this to be a five star classic, but I want to see what they do in the ring, right? 
I was just going to say, as as much as I probably hate to admit it, they got me a little invested in this, not going to lie. <laughs> it, it was good, man. I love real emotion and real personal stuff, man. And, and you could tell, like, when something is super scripted and something is, like, you know, where, or where, like, two people really play off each other really well, where it comes off as real and raw and authentic. And this definitely did. And, yeah, I mean... Do I expect a five-star classic? Absolutely not. Am I thrilled about seeing Carmella in this position? Absolutely not. Am I a huge fan of Carmella? Absolutely freaking not. <laughs> Damn, it was pretty good. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, pipe, pipe bomb. But but you know what it is? Even though you're not a fan of Carmella, you're admitting that this little promo got you invested in the match. So what yeah. what is what is the whole purpose of a promo? To get you invested and subscribe to what they're putting... <laughs> On TV. Yep. Was Hogan the best technical wrestler in the world? Absolutely not. Did Hogan get you invested into watching him? Absolutely. He got us invested with promos like this. If you actually think, <laughs> if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place <laughs> at the raw at the right time. Let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, the whole idea of a promo is for them to, first of all, explain to somebody that's just walking in what they're going to be fighting about. But the second part of the promo is to actually make you want to tune in to when they go at each other. Right? What was so great about Stone Cold and McMahon? That that was what you wanted to do to your boss at the time. That's what you wanted to do to your you know, to to whoever was, was putting you down. The whole build up to their whole thing was that pop when McMahon took the first stunner was the build up of that whole promo. What do I mean by that? If you look at Sasha and Carmella, they may not be at the same level because McMahon was never at Stone Cold's level. Mm -mm. But they made you believe yeah. that Stone Cold was going to whoop his ass from here to Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you were invested in that match, even though maybe the match didn't live up to what it was, but you still saw McMahon get his ass whooped. Also, it was a different time back then because, you know, for the blue-collar workers or us yeah. as kids, you know, going to school, it was like us beating up our boss or beating up our teacher for giving a shit about something. And, and well, the teacher a, was more DX. You know? <laughs> no, but like, you know, a teacher yeah, yeah. or principal is an authority figure, yeah. right? Like a boss. So we would be like, man, that would be great to just like super kick the shit out of my teacher or something <laughs> like that. So we would be invested because Stone Cold was speaking for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now this whole Sasha and, and Carmella thing, again, even though you may not like them even though you may not like like what they bring to the table again like like ryan said it's carmella but at the end of the day they did what they were supposed to do they right. used that promo to then make you want to tune in okay what's gonna happen next mm -hmm. what's gonna where yeah. are we gonna go from here because i don't need to see sasha and bailey every weekend i'm tired of that and and, and that's the thing too like hats off to carmella for for doing a good job with this mm -hmm. and she's you know the perfect one-off you know right now we're in a weird spot because like we're in between survivor series and the royal rumble two big events right so like tlc it's kind of like fast lane or like extreme rules like a pay-per-view that really doesn't <laughs> fast, matter fast uh, you lane know what I mean? is the like, worst pay-per-view ever <laughs> right right 
<laughs> it's just there's no point to it but you know to keep wwe's pay-per-view schedule rolling every month you know they, they need to fill it because it's obviously royal rumbles not until the end of january so they're ending the year like this but this is why like carmella is perfect for this spot because who else are you realistically going to put in there to lose to sasha you know and hats to hats off to carmella for doing a good job of making this feud watchable you know what i'm saying because a lot of people would have turned the turn the channel a different direction but i think now they're giving it a chance because of how good that segment was absolutely dude absolutely um i have some thoughts on the, on the next topic i want to talk about and that's um how we got the roman reigns and kevin owens which most of it was really really good but what i didn't like was the Otis involvement. I think that takes Kevin Owens down a couple notches of seriousness. Because right now, Kevin Owens is like in this such a serious role. He's trying to mm-hmm. take down the tribal chief and he's shitting on Jey Uso and just, you know, going at this Samoan, uh, I don't even know. Wrecking what to call ball. It. <laughs> exactly. And you couldn't find anyone else on the roster to Otis. tag with Kevin Owens. Otis. Fucking Otis. Like you decided. He's a primetime player. Like to put the two husky dudes together like otis is not a main event player and granted yeah, thank god he's the money in the bank guy. thank god roman <laughs> reigns beat the snot out of otis and eliminated <laughs> him from the tag match but that was just my only knock on this kind of I, I just feel like seeing kevin owens with otis just takes kevin owens a couple notches down but besides that i thought the promo we got to open up smackdown where roman reigns just kind of like just talking down to jay uso and just not giving him any type of like credit and and Caleb Braxton just you know being like very uh smart ass with their questions and then Kevin Owens coming out just going face to face with Roman I think Kevin Owens is the perfect opponent for Roman Reigns so it could elevate Kevin Owens once again to like a a more believable role like we Mm -hmm. know Roman Reigns is gonna go over on Kevin Owens but just the fact that they're gonna have probably a competitive match at TLC I think this is great and man who would ever thought Roman Reigns in 2020 would be a bad motherfucker, bro? He not only beat the shit out of Kevin Owens at the end of SmackDown, but he beat the shit out of his own cousin, too, again. That was a perfect quote. He can't, he can't put it any other way. Roman <laughs> Reigns is 2020. Is that? Uh, but again, how how good, like how of a package persona is Roman Reigns now? You could make the argument that he's the best thing going in wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ryan, right now, Ryan, talk to me uh, about Roman Reigns. And who, who would have ever thought too that we'd be saying that Roman Reigns is the best thing? Right ever. now, I've I've actually been a fan of Roman Reigns even through like the the days where the crowd would boo him and all the time. I, I never like sat in the crowd and booed Roman Reigns because like yeah, I, I was frustrated that he kept getting shoved down our throats and getting all these opportunities and things like that. Um, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I didn't think he was terrible. I didn't think he didn't belong. You know, I didn't think he didn't deserve some of you know, the main event spots that he got. And it goes back to what I would uh, I would I would always stress this on the podcast. We don't hate the guy Joe. Mm-hmm. No. The man Joe. We he's actually really good in the ring. The problem is the way he was being booked. We just came off of ten years of John Cena, right? Right. Now right. Gr- now granted now we got to appreciate John Cena like much more now that he's gone. But right. we just got we just got away from the ten years of John Cena getting pushed down our throats or whatever as is like this top baby face. And now you're trying to make Roman Reigns that guy. It's like we don't want to see that. And you had so many opportunities to turn him heel, and you didn't, and you kept on pushing this. Now, man, he's doing just some of the best work, and it's believable. It doesn't feel like this is make made up. It doesn't feel like he's reading lines. Everything right, he's doing right. in the ring, his 
his swagger, his promos, everything just feels real. They're letting him be his true self, and that makes a world of a difference in in somebody like Roman Reigns. I mean, it's just – and like you said, you believe everything he does, everything he says. I mean, everything is just perfect. Like, I don't get the vibe that he's scripted in any way, mm-hmm. like promo, like like his actions in the ring. Like, I just feel like they literally let him go out there and do whatever he feels is necessary, and Roman Reigns is smart enough now and knows the business – to where like he knows what to do and having Paul Heyman there with him uh, I think definitely benefits him and helps him and yeah I agree Mario I, I mean it's you know obviously everything going on at AEW has really taken o- over the wrestling world by storm but man you can make the argument that Roman Reigns is the greatest thing going on in wrestling at the moment like he's the most enjoyable thing to watch and it's I mean he's more, he's definitely the most enjoyable thing to watch in the WWE we, and we, and going back to the, the Kevin Owens match mm. it's similar to the Drew McIntyre AJ Styles match that we're going to get you know Roman's not dropping the belt but this is going to be a great match these yeah. two always deliver I mean back going back to I think 2017 or 2016 I, I think when Roman and um and Kevin Owens had that uh that rivalry and so, had a couple matches it with was each 20 other. it was 2016 going into 2017 yeah, and they killed it every single time. They had great chemistry. Uh, I think they fought at the Royal Rumble in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. And they had a great match. And uh, I'm super hyped to see it again. And, you know, Kevin Owens is not going to win, but the story is going to be great. The payoff is going to be great. So, I mean, we have two really good world championship matches at TLC, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. I agree 100%. Nobody's looking forward to war games, I'll tell you that right now. Come on, man. Let's not let, nah, bro. Listen, war games is going to be exciting. They just they just had a bad week. They know, just had a bad week. I know. Cuz there's some exciting stuff in NXT. They just had a bad week this week. Listen, and, there's and, no and I wa- think what will happen, Ryan? And I think people look at NXT now where it's like, you know, it's like, "Oh, NXT's on tonight." But everybody knows it's going to deliver and yeah. it's going to be a great show. So it's just like there's nothing really to it. Like I'm I'm excited for it, but I'm not sitting here like, oh, my God, I wonder how War Games. Like, well, you know how it's going to go. It's going to mm-hmm. deliver. It's going to be fantastic. And it that's and, that. That's an NXT both, show for you. Both War Games, the, the men and the women, right. they're, they're going to be there. Because, they, they've all, again, like you said before, they've always delivered. Always. always. Yeah. He, it wasn't Kevin Owens in one of them? Yeah, last year. Last year, yeah. it was a surprise entrance. So there you go. Again, so – but. I know that, that again, we, we, we pick on the WWE because we want the WWE to be better. Uh, you guys are WWE haters, always <laughs> crapping on WWE. <laughs> AEW's not that good. <laughs> but you're going to have people that, again, that, that they're going to nitpick everything. I think right now, Roman Reigns, this is what we were asking for. And I'm, I'm like 90% sure if you go back to any of the shows that we ever did, I remember us talking about, hey, lose the vest. Just have him come out there, beat up people, and let him be himself. Isn't that what we're getting now? I I told you this a couple of episodes ago, Leo, and I'm going to tell this to Ryan. I can't wait until we have crowds again and because you know Roman's going to get cheered. Thank you, Cause Roman. Because he's, yep. he's, he's, he's doing some of the best work in his whole career, right? And I can't wait till he cuts that promo against the crowd saying, screw ya, ya never supported me. When I was uh, battling cancer, you guys were... You guys said said it was fake. You guys said it was fake. Like, he's going to cut the illest promo on the fans, bro. Yeah, that's one of the... the the things I hate the most about all the good stuff we're getting in wrestling now is, like, the fans can't be present for all this great stuff. Like, it's just... It's such a shame. So, you mean Thunderdome is not the fans being there? (laughs) Like... 
actual fan? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Ryan, have you ever have you have you ever looked into getting into the Thunderdome or not really? Not you don't give a shit. Uh, no, I, I did like uh, when the when they first announced the Thunderdome, they, they did like a special preview uh, where they had like you know oh you could get a, the first look or a sneak peek at the Thunderdome, and um, it was like some dark match between like Jake Atlas I think and somebody else, and and I actually got in. I wanted to see what it was like, but after like five minutes of being in there, I'm like I'm like why am I even in here? Like it's so stupid. <laughs> like it's just like. It's it's just like it's literally no different. Like you're basically watching Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view, like on your computer instead of watching on your yeah. television. Like you're not getting a different look of the show, which I think would have been a lot cooler. Like if you're in the Thunderdome, you get like a different view of the action. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, like it's just it looks different. You get different angles or something like that. It's just the same thing you're watching on television, and I, I just don't feel like sitting in front of my computer cheering like a freaking mark when somebody's <laughs> telling me to applaud. I'm like, oh, let me, let me, let me clap now. Like to me, it's just stupid. So, but hey, uh, you know, they. No offense to everybody who's who's in the Thunderdome every week. You know, <laughs> hats you know, off if you if you have the time on a Monday night to sit there for three hours in the Thunderdome watching the action. Good mm-hmm. for you. I don't no, and, and they got to clap, remember, and then they got to do the little thumbs down, you know. Right, right, and then if you don't obey the, the, the rules, you get kicked out or yeah. whatever, or if you show up with, like, a Bullet Club shirt, you know, it's just stupid. Well, it's like you're being in the arena. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you guys Dumb. this. Um, what uh, I bought the Oculus, like, a couple years ago, right? One of the best things that the Oculus has, which, by the way, is owned by Facebook, but one of the things that it has, it has a WWE experience, right? What is a WWE experience? You actually have one of those 360 cameras on every post, that's so cool. in other words, that again, and to your point, that is a totally different look. Like yeah. again, you're 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 technically standing there in the corner, and I remember the match. It was like Daniel Bryan against um, Kevin Owens. So you could look down and you could see Kevin Owens like making time while Daniel Bryan is doing the whole yes thing. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a different look. If you're gonna have people come in. Again, the hook is not just, hey, we're going to be on a Zoom call and you get to watch Raw on a Zoom call. No. Like, give them something else. Give them that other perspective. Let them look at the camera from the other way. It's not right. like they're going to record it and post it on there. The most they're going to do is like, hey, I was on uh, I was on Thunderdome today. And then they send you the screenshot with, like, the circle of, like, their blurry face. You know what I mean? Like, that's the most they're going to do. So, but again, the whole Thunderdome thing, I mean, it is what it is. It's what we have. is what we have to deal with. But again, don't 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 mess with my intelligence. I'm not that stupid. Have you guys ever yeah. got in? No, fuck that. Or shit. wanted Hell to go no. in? Hell <laughs> no, bro. Right? I, I got kids. So stupid. I got kids. I, got I have no. Do. I have no interest <laughs> in going to in getting subscribe or look into the Thunderdome. I just feel. Listen, no offense to anybody that right, that, right. That, that that does that. If that's your shit, cool. But I just feel like it's just so marky. Like, it is, and it, and especially if you're over forty years old, what the hell oh, are you doing in right. the Thunderdome, bro? Like, I get it. Like, if you if you have kids and you want to like bring your kids and you want to sit down with your kids and do like the whole Thunderdome experience, I'm cool with that. Like, you have an excuse for that. But you can't though. I've seen you seen. No, I mean technically they can. I mean, if you follow the Thunderdome rules, you can only be one person. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. Have, but you have a kid on your lap or whatever. They don't care. <laughs> it's one person. Yeah, but yeah, you're gonna see a picture of Kenny Omega, Chris I'm Benoit. I'm just saying, you, crowd, you want me to have all four of my kids on my lap? But come on, kids, we're gonna be on Thunderdome. Which, by the way, the other one's very quiet right now, and he's upstairs by himself. That <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. I just feel like it's very, it's too marky for me, man. Like, oh yeah, and like and like Leo was saying, if we got a totally new like interactive experience, then it'd be it'd be cooler and it'd be worth your while. But man, like I'm, I'm not gonna sign up for a. a Smackdown Thunderdome just to sit there for two hours and, and watch the show on my computer 
and, and try and be seen front row. Like, who gives a shit? You know, right. like, it's just, I'm, I'm not a mark like that. I'm not going to post a, oh, I'm front row in the Thunderdome. Who gives a shit? <laughs> bro, front bro. Row in the <laughs> Ryan, you know there's people that do that, though. No, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> oh. They're front row until the producer hits shuffle. <laughs> right, right. They, they, they're tweeting out their pictures. Oh, front row at Survivor Series, bro. No, you, 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 you got lucky. You got lucky in front of the camera. Who really cares? The, the wrestler's not seeing you front row and and that doesn't matter like congrats you're front row in the thunderdome right? if you feel good about yourself and some I'm of these people that they, they show on the thunderdome they either look hideous they fucking look dirty oh, it's all just... a bunch of losers with <laughs> uh, you know again they probably stink that probably that have beards and, and, and triple chins and bags of doritos no, and, and it's just, it's <laughs> no offense it's just the loser wrestling fans in there the, the worst part is when they take their camera or their phone and they put it like coming up like this so you see like their nostrils and like the, the, the oh, crusty yeah. stuff like, hello. so close to the camera yeah <laughs> like what the hell are you doing like put Back your up, eye man. in that shit <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just calling uh, a spade a spade <laughs> <laughs> alright guys okay you know but before we before we uh, give our predictions for war games I do want to ask this question has there been any reports and I think if Brian is still on here from the from the Ramble Royale Royal Ramble if he's still on there maybe he knows if there's been any reports is War Games going to happen at the Performance Center or it's going to be at the Thunderdome? Because there's two cages and two rings. It's got to happen at the Thunderdome, right? I mean, how are they going to fit that in the, in the Performance Center? The Capital Center. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. my bad. The okay. CW, in the Cruiserweight Classic Center. <laughs> <laughs> in the newly named Pat Patterson Memorial. <laughs> no, but it, it has to it has to happen outside of the performance center. There, there's no way. I, I'll be you shocked. You can barely fit the ring and the entrance. I'll the be PC. shocked if the two rings and the two cages are at the Capitol Wrestling Center. The but CW. I mean, oh, yeah. right now, according to Wikipedia, it is still at the performance center with zero people in attendance because it's behind closed doors. Did, did you guys, did you, any of you see the tweet from the referee, though, uh, of the two cages? And uh, he said, you know, on the eve of war games or something like that. And um, it, it looked like the Thunderdome. I don't know. If, oh, I didn't uh, see uh, that. Let, let me get the referee. Oh, D.A. Brewer, WWE on Twitter. He says, "Twas the night before war games. And, he, and it's the picture of the war games cage with mm -hmm. some personnel there. And it looks like the Thunderdome. Huh. No. I don't know. It does look like it the does. Thunderdome. Yeah, it does look like the Thunderdome. So, I mean, you know, I, I think everybody can assume that it would, would be at the Thunderdome, but, uh, yeah, because it's just it's unrealistic. I don't, just don't see how they fit it in in the small performance center or the CWC center. <laughs> the CWC center. Dude, it's a performance center. I know. I hate, <laughs> Come I hate on, calling McMahon. it. I hate, I, I, I hate calling it the Thunderdome, too. Bro, it's the Amway Center. It's, it's Orlando. It's, you're not fooling me. It's, Bro, you know, I, I, I still call it Giant Stadium, even though it's been called oh, MetLife oh, for like oh, the last right, 15 right. years. One, one <laughs> speaking of the Thunderdome, one last thing before we actually break down this card. Any update <laughs> on the Thunderdome going to the Tropicana Center, uh, Ryan? Because I know you. Oh, been... yeah. Oh, boy. That starts next week, right? <laughs> oh, Look boy. Look at his face. I bet, I bet they can't wait. I, I, I bet the Tampa Bay personnel can't wait to make that shit look mint <laughs> for the first time in its like 50 year existence. <laughs> That's the first time it's going to get painted from the first time it was actually painted. 
man. My, oh, my, my oh. favorite thing about Ryan's rant about the Tropicana Center last time he was here was when he said that, you know, once WWE leaves the Tropicana Center, they're probably going to tell WWE, hey, can you leave some of this stuff here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, I am looking forward to see how they set it up there. And I'm looking forward to new, fresh, new look of the show. If it's going to look any different, I don't right. know. Uh, it, it's always good to freshen up the look of the show, you know. I, I do hope, and I think I might have mentioned this to you um, on that episode when we were talking about the, you know, the the Tropicana Center and the Thunderdome going there. What I do hope is have the same look of the Thunderdome, you know, or even if it's more spread out or whatever. But I, I would like to see some some talent be fans too, like at ringside, like have yeah, the Thunderdome yeah. aspect, but kind of like how they have it at the CWC, you know, <laughs> you see, you see like some type of fans, like in the art, like I, give, give us something, even if it's just talent, like enhancement talent, give us some right. talent also like at ringside. Like I like that element of it. I actually like the element that they're doing at NXT more than the Thunderdome. Cause I don't know. It just feels a little bit more lively. And you have so much room too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I assume it's going to be somewhere on the field. That, that's what I'm interested in seeing, too, like where the entrance is set up. Like, are they going to come out of the dugout? Are they going to come out of, like, center field? I have no idea how they're going to set this up, so I'm intrigued. But, <laughs> yeah, got- I mean, you got so much room. And, and listen, don't make these people stand for the whole show. Give them chairs, <laughs> for Christ's sake. I mean, spread chairs. Out. It just, I mean, when they had the crowd, uh, no, uh, the talent behind plexiglass, and they're all standing around like idiots, man, give them chairs. Give right. them chairs. I mean, Christ, it looks too forced. <laughs> Let them relax and enjoy the show and be real. I mean, oh, my God. Like, what did you get paid for this weekend, standing around for three hours? <laughs> right, right. It's just, I mean, they're, like, abusing their talent. I mean, can they, literally, they can't do anything right. <laughs> Nothing. They, you know, everything they do is just. I mean, they, they could do it ten times better. It just, it really is unbelievable. Listen, um, going back to when they had some of the NXT recruits, the WWE record, recruits as talent, you know, like to be fans, like at the Performance Center when they were mm-hmm. doing the tapings there. I'll never forget it. I want to say someone. <laughs> Uh, was wearing an AJ Styles shirt because remember they were wearing the 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 talent shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, even more cringe. Right. So one of them was wearing, I believe, an AJ Styles shirt, and you would think like, okay, you're wearing an AJ Styles shirt, right? You you would be cheering for AJ. No, they were booing AJ. So yeah. I'm like, but you're <laughs> right. wearing an AJ Styles shirt. Yeah, yeah. They got to look down and like, oh shit, wait, wait, I can't be doing this. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. So so cringe, man. Let's just, I mean, just just make something authentic, real, and and just let them go out there, like you said. Just give us give us some noise and give us some people to see and. But but again, it, to give them some noise, right? Again, that guy wearing the the AJ Styles shirt. Like I'm pretty sure that they told him, hey, if this guy comes out, you have to boo him no matter what. No, let the let again. All these talents, they're wrestling fans. Just say, hey, just go out there and enjoy the show. Make some noise. Don't overproduce if they're going to boo and cheer. You know what I mean? Like, again. Everything is micromanaged. Yeah. No, man. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. By the way, uh, I know that we're talking about uh, War Games 2. NXT on the Wikipedia page is saying the event is held without paying uh, audience due to COVID, though it will feature live crowd of WWE wrestlers, trainees, and select invited fans, as well as virtual fans via the NXT Capital Wrestling Center's viewing experience. Well, that... That's not necessarily accurate because based on what no, Ryan I know, said. But that's what I'm saying. Like, again, so uh, when are we going to know? Tonight. Right. All right, let's yeah. get into this card. So 
Um, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. On paper, you're like, okay, this match is going to be good. But I do want to um, touch on Ciampa real quick. I remember back in 2018, Tommaso Ciampa was like in our top 10 wrestlers of the year. And I feel mm-hmm. like ever since he got injured and we were supposed to get like that that other Johnny Gargano and Champa match for the NXT Championship, and unfortunately we didn't get that due to injury. I feel like ever since his return, uh, he's been very up and down, and I feel like he's been more down than up, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. he's in a very weird position. I feel like Gargano has been fine. Like, I feel like Gargano's in a point where he's kind of like a Shawn Michaels of NXT where he can afford mm-hmm. losses and he doesn't lose any credibility. But I don't mm-hmm. get the same vibe from Champa. And I'm not saying that Champa's work rate has changed, but I just don't get the same uh, vibe from him like he once had back in 2018. Ryan? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And he's one of my favorites. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not as hot as he once was. He's cooled off a lot. And, yeah, I mean, I don't really, like you said, it's not him. You know, his work rate hasn't diminished. But, you know, when he did come back originally and he turned heel, I was excited again. I was like, oh, man, like, I love heel Ciampa. Like, you know, he's great as a babyface, but, man, nothing beats heel Ciampa. So I was excited to see where it goes. And it just really hasn't gone anywhere. Like, it's just kind of, he's just been floating around. He really hasn't had a direction. He hasn't really had a, a feud or anybody to work with. I do think Timothy Thatcher is a good person to work with, but, like, I can't really say to you them. I'm, I'm so invested in this, you know, like mm-hmm. on paper, it's going to be great. Like, like the match is going to be awesome. You know, right. Timothy Thatcher, although I'm not a huge Timothy Thatcher fan, I do appreciate his work rate. And I think him and Chompa are going to do some good things, but I'm not super invested. I feel like, like I should be, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, you know, Chompa is one of those guys like Gargano who doesn't want to go up to the main roster. He wants to be NXT for life. But if that's the case, you need to find things for him to do, and you you need to keep him at that superstar level. And like I said, no fault of his, but I just feel like he's just floating around just trying to find something to do. I'll tell you what, man. Whenever Finn Balor returns from, you know, from him, his injuries from the last takeover, I want to – if Ciampa goes over on Thatcher – I wouldn't mind a a, a Tommaso Ciampa uh, Finn Balor for you. Oh, hell no. That would be awesome. Dude, I, I want to see I want to see Champa be the NXT champion again because yeah, me too. I just feel like you know he he had a good reign, but man, the fact that it didn't end on his own terms and he couldn't get that ending where we wanted to, and I just feel like man, he he's one of my favorite NXT champions. I mean, he really was awesome. Uh, that whole entire what was that 2018 uh, that he was the, the champion. Just he was he was great. Yeah, it was that run of NXT. I feel like once they changed the design of the NXT Championship, for whatever reason, I felt like people took serious the NXT Championship and it became a big deal. So guys like uh, I think Bobby Roode was the first one that held that championship. Uh, the new yeah. design, so it was Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, Andrade. Uh, and then after Andrade was Alistair Black, and then Tommaso Ciampa came, and then when Tommaso Ciampa came, I remember him saying. He was the best world champion in the whole company. Mm-hmm. Like he kept on like adding yeah. the champions from SmackDown and uh, Raw. So it, it felt like a big deal when he was champion. And unfortunately, ever since that injury, he's just been very you know stop and go ever since. Yeah, and like I said, it's it really is a shame because he's such a superstar, you know. Um, but if there's one thing that we all know, it's that Triple H runs NXT, and I have confidence that he'll be just fine. 
But, um, you know, yeah, right now he's he could be in a lot better spot than he's currently in, that's for sure. I definitely think Champa needs this win. Um, I don't see Thatcher going over, so I'm going with Champa on this one. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I think Champa needs it. Um, it won't hurt Timothy Thatcher, you know, as long as he keeps putting on good performances. He doesn't necessarily need to go over these guys. Um, so, yeah, I think Champa, he desperately needs this win. Leo? I think Champa, too. Champa, again, what you guys have said before and – you know, what we also said here, sometimes some wrestlers don't need to win in order for them to, to stay at a certain level. But, you know, he, he doesn't have that aura around them. And with any wrestler, you need that aura. You need that, that rumbling. You need that that anticipation when you see them on screen. Um, again, he doesn't look like the, the, the Sicilian assassin or whatever name he was going under. Uh, wasn't it the Sicilian psychopath? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I don't, I don't see that. Like, I see the beard. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the gimmick, you know? So, again, I think Champa will be able to win. All right. This, By the way, I just found out his last name is Whitney. Just saying. Go. Dale. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, saw you, I saw you pull it up on the screen. I, I was like, oh, Whitney. I'm like, oh, interesting. I saw Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, this match, I'm surprisingly very intrigued by it just just by based on um, the interactions they've had on NXT TV, and that's Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Cameron Grimes. Cameron um, in a strap match. I'm a big fan of, of both of these guys for different reasons, especially Cameron Grimes. This guy, you know, I remember seeing this guy in the Indies and Impact Wrestling, and he was very one-dimensional. He didn't really have a, 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 a character or a gimmick. But, man, this guy has been killing it on NXT. Obviously, he's a great worker. Uh, I like both guys here, but I feel like Cameron Grimes needs this win, man. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Cameron Grimes. Uh, you know, Trevor Lee was great and, you know, PWG and Impact. I, he's super talented. And like you said, his personality ever since joining NXT, he's just killing it right now. Dexter Loomis is what he is. I, I, you know, I really can't sit here and tell you I'm a huge fan of his. I do think the character's intriguing, but I th- I just feel like he could, he, you know, he just does the same thing. And in the beginning, it was kind of cool. I, I liked what he was doing with the Undisputed Era and Roderick Strong and with that the trunk stuff. I, I thought that was pretty entertaining. And the, the stuff that they did at uh, Halloween Havoc between the two of these guys was fun. But man, I don't know. Something about Dexter Loomis, I'm just not like too high on him. I do think Cameron Grimes is going to go over here. Uh, it's a strap match, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that should be intriguing. I, You know, like I said, Cameron Grimes has been the star of the show with this. His personality Absolute, and being scared of, of Dexter Loomis has made this, you know, you know, worthwhile. So I think Cameron Grimes goes over, and, and I think it'll be fun. But like I said, not a huge Dexter Loomis fan. Leo, any thoughts? Uh, Cameron Grimes, again, if you're going with the whole, you know, with with the persona, if you will, you know, he's the, the cowboy and everything, a strap match. You Cameron have to Grimes. Have the Cameron Grimes guy. You got to have him win. Um, again, to me, this is a toss-up, but you guys are right in what you're saying. You know, again, we always talk about when people get to the WWE or get to the, to the big leagues, if you will, that they don't know what to do with them. I think for Cameron, it actually helped him to develop a character. Because, again, if you look at the picture of him from before, you know, Trevor, whatever, Trevor, Trevor Lee. Lee. Um, dude, that that does, okay, it's a wrestler. Like, <laughs> it has no persona. It has no character. And, again, you want to be able to, to connect with them. If you're going to go that whole wrestler route persona, you got to be a mat technician. And I don't see that with Cameron Grimes. But, again, for this match, I think Cameron will win. Hey, um, Ryan, let me ask you a question. 
did you go to um, WrestleMania when it was in New Orleans for WrestleMania? What was that, 34? 34, yep. So I don't know if you feel this way, but I do. So when I was in New Orleans, I was also at that WrestleMania. So when I was in New Orleans, I went to a lot of like their barbecue restaurants or whatever and you know like mm-hmm. I, I tried so much food out there try gator nuggets oh, you have to. Yeah. the food you up have there is to. amazing so yeah. for whatever reason every time cameron grimes comes out and i hear his theme song i think of new orleans i think of going to one of these restaurants mm-hmm. back in new orleans <laughs> and hearing that like southern jazz type feel to it i don't know if you get those vibes but every time he comes now out i do every time he comes <laughs> Thank out <you> mario <laughs> every time he comes out i just think of new orleans and i think of new orleans barbecue i don't know why no i i could totally see it i haven't thought of it up until this point but now when he comes out tonight and i'm watching it and i'm gonna be thinking about it <laughs> and every other time he comes out on nxt tv <laughs> all right let's let's talk about <laughs> let's move on to this triple threat match which surprisingly they've done a good job and it's nxt it's triple h booking you know with everybody in triple h's camp so why would i doubt it but it was a very at, at first i was just very questionable about it you know leon ruff being north american champion but man they're, they're telling a really good story how leon ruff is being this underdog and he's not like you know he's holding his own against johnny gargano and damian priest i think this triple threat match might be a sleeper man yeah, no, me too. I, they're all three guys are really talented, and like you said, Leon Ruff. Uh, he's. I love where the story's going. It, it's it's great to see him on a takeover in such a high profile match like this. And yeah, I'm I'm down for this. I think it's going to be killer. So, I for whatever reason think Damian Priest is. It's only a matter of time that he moves to Raw and SmackDown. I just have this feeling about your, that. Your cousin, my cousin. Yeah, my cousin Damian Priest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him getting the title and for whatever reason I don't see Johnny Gargano getting I think Leon I think Leon Ruff retains it I have a funny feeling I think Leon Ruff is going to retain it Ryan yeah man this this is a toss-up I mean I I really could see anybody in this match winning uh it just obviously determines you know uh what direction they're going to go in I agree with you. I mean, Damian Priest you know he, he became champion although I feel like his run should have been a little bit longer you know, they ran into kind of a, a brick wall where they kind of had to give it to Johnny Gargano. They kind of booked themselves into a corner with that, with all these rematches. Yeah, I feel like he, he's got to move up because, or maybe he'll go to like uh, the NXT title picture next. I don't know, but I just don't think he's going to get back to the North American title. I feel like that's going backwards um, and just, I don't really see what purpose that serves. And I don't know if you give it back to Johnny Gargano either, because I just feel like there's more to tell with the story. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Leon Ruff, pins Gargano again in some like uh crazy fashion that just continues the story Mm -hmm. uh further and further because why have it end here if you give it back to Johnny Gargano that that's it and I just feel like there's more to tell with this uh so yeah I think I I, I agree with you Leon Ruff is gonna surprise Gargano and surprise everybody and I think he's gonna walk out still champ he's gonna steal the win he's gonna steal the win Leon Uh, yeah yeah I think the the odd man out here is Damian Priest I think if you kind of look at it, like he kind of got thrown in there because the main focal point of this this promo, this this whole thing, is Leon Ruff and Gargano. Um, if Gargano wins it, it has to be a way where he cheats out Leon Ruff. You know what I mean? It has to be yeah. a way where, you know, you, you use your heel tactics to win this match. Um, you know, barring that, yeah, I think Leon holds on to the title like you guys are saying. Damian Priest, I don't see him needing NXT right now. 
I think he's needed more in the main roster to kind of like bring some fresh blood in, you know, kind of like the whole fake uh, Roman Reigns type of thing. Uh, <laughs> so I know Mario <laughs> loves that. But uh, uh, but again, with the three of them, the odd man out is Damian Priest. I don't see him winning at all. He doesn't need to win it. If he does, again, we have to see storyline-wise how they would make it work. Again, Johnny Gargano winning will be just him cheating. Um, and then maybe Leon getting the, the receipt back when, you know, NXT on Wednesday to kind of get people to tune in on Wednesday. Um, but again, Leon, I see him holding it. So again, I just gave you a long answer <laughs> to, to tell you, I don't know who's going to win. Go ahead. <laughs> Let, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the two main events here. The war games matches. We got the undisputed era, Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish taking on the Kings of NXT. Um, still not into the name. Uh, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Burch, and Orny Lorcan. Listen, man, th- I- I'm very torn about this match because yeah. you have the Undisputed Era and the story they're telling with them themselves is that they're kind of questioning themselves. They're like reevaluing themselves in the year that they've been having, that they haven't necessarily had big wins, you know, the, too many losses, tremendous losses. But then you look at the team of Kings of, uh, Kings of NXT, right? In theory, you would think Pat McAfee needs to redeem himself from that NXT uh, 30 loss to Adam Cole. <sighs> I'm torn. I'll be cool with either t- team winning here because I I, lo- I love both groups, especially Undisputed Era. I'm a big Adam Cole fan. And then everything Pat McAfee is doing. I'm going to go with the heels here. I'm going to go with t- uh, Kings of NXT. Ryan? Yeah, man, I, I am torn as well because... Um, you know, I could see the Undisputed Era losing here and then uh, teasing breakup or having some sort of tension, even though I don't want them to break up. Uh, I just feel like, you know, they've accomplished everything that there is to do together as a team. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of cool if you just kept like, uh, just say Roddy and Bobby as heels and maybe Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly as a tag team or as, as uh, like a face team or whatever. Uh, but I feel like the whole entire group is turning face right before our eyes. Um, and, you know, they, they've been in every single War Games match, but they haven't had much success in the War Games match. They, they've lost more than they've won. They've um, only won one, which was the first one. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then, you know, on the other hand, you have Pat McAfee's squad, which is red hot right now. And, and one of the best things about NXT, can they really afford a loss? Because if they afford, if they lose, everything that Pat McAfee said was just, just means nothing. And uh, how do they redeem themselves? And where do they go from here? And like you said, you would think Pat McAfee needs some sort of revenge, right? Because mm-hmm. like he already took the loss to Adam Cole. So if he loses again, how could he come out and, and talk as much smack when he just lost for a second straight time, you know? Uh, it just makes him look bad. Uh, man, yeah, I, I I think Undisputed Era wins, but I, I feel like Pat McAfee's squad should pick up the win. Um, I expect it to be great, and I'm really intrigued to see what Pat McAfee can do inside of War Games, and I'm happy to see Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan getting a big spot on a big-time match on TakeOver like this because it's long overdue. They've been great together. Um, match is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think Undisputed Era wins, but I feel like that's the wrong decision. Pat McAfee's team should definitely pick up the win. Leo? McAfee. I'm, I'm a McAfee guy. Again, if you if you want to build this 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 kings of NXT, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have them lose. Again, and when we look at things and when we look at these different matches, you got to look at who's going to gain from the win and who's not going to lose from the loss. That's basically mm-hmm. what you have to look at. 
Undisputed Era, it would add to what they're, the story that they're telling where they're not, they're not sure of themselves. And the way you close it off, hey, we'll see what 21 brings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, with McAfee, again, you want to hold them as a team, as a unit. You want them to gain some wins, especially at the beginning. So the way I see it, McAfee and his people win. Dale. Uh, one more thing on, um, you know, the Kings of NXT and everything that Pat McAfee's doing. You know, one one thing that I notice is that they keep building as Pete Dunne as like this enforcer, like this guy's like an untouchable force. And obviously we saw it in the latter match that he had with Kyle Riley a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we were talking about possible opponents for, for Finn Balor. I wouldn't mind seeing a Pete Dunne-Finn Balor program for that title. Oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That would be awesome to see. It's fresh. It's new. It's a new challenger. And man, Pete, Pete Dunn is just so freaking good. Like he, he's just him and Finn Balor would absolutely tear it up and, and Finn needs some new challengers. So yeah, I would, I would totally love to see that. And also a side note on Pete Dunn. Can he go easy on the spray tan for Christ's sake? <laughs> oh my God, dude, he's orange. He is completely orange while everybody else is pale white. Very, very, very Hollywood Hogan of Jace. He's telling me that's not his real skin color? <laughs> oh man, if it is, man. Oh my God. I mean, God, he must touch his face and everything must come off in his hand. Like I'm telling you, it, it, it's just, it is literally unbelievable how, how yeah. bad that looks. And yeah. I know every wrestler spray tans. Jesus Christ, man! Like that's like, like OD. That's like too much. <laughs> that, that's like that's like him, him walking to like uh, walking through a car wash, but instead of water, it's like orange spray. Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's what I, it I feels mean, like. like. Does he do that himself? Can anybody tell him that it just doesn't look good? Like, no, no, you can't. You can't reach the lower the lower of your back, even if you try. Just saying. Just saying. It's not like I haven't tried, but just saying. Go. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's too orange for that. Dali. All right. And then we got the, the final War Games match. We have Team Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai versus Team Candice. Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Tony Storm. Listen, every single female in this match is fucking amazing. Um, they're, they're telling the story with team, uh, with, with Chelsea Blackheart. She wants to get her, her revenge on Candace array for destroying that stupid, ridiculous tank, which I'm not a fan of. Ryan, are you a fan of the tank? Cause I don't think I asked you this question. I am a fan of the tank. Oh, yes. God. Get out. Get out. I'm a fan of the tank. Get out. Oh, we're, we're having yeah. internet issues, that Ryan. That is a disgusting <laughs> act. You're, bro- <laughs> you're breaking up. What? No, no, Can't, no, what? no, no, no. Let Ryan, let Ryan. I'm, yo, I just think it's so cringe, but go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I could see why you think it's cringe. I don't know. I get a kick out of it. I think it's cool. <laughs> I am a huge Shotzi Blackheart fan. I, I really am. I, I know... I mean, some people online just, I feel like, criticize her. They don't like her wrestling ability or she's too cringe on the microphone. But, man, I think she's a superstar. You, no, she definitely has the it factor. She's definitely a star. My only criticism on Shotzi, besides the tank, is not even her in-ring work. Like, listen, everybody has a, a bad night. So that is, it takes nothing away from her, from her in-ring work. I like her in-ring work. I just think with her promos, and I've said this before, her promos at times feels a little bit too I'm playing wrestler than mm-hmm. it coming from the heart. Like that first promo after uh, Candace destroyed her tank that final week on NXT, I feel like that was the realest I've seen of Shotzi. When she's, you know, raising up her voice and being very animated, it, it feels like too much I'm playing 80s wrestler. It doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. When she cuts these real promos, that's when I get invested in her. And I'm like, okay, this is the Shotzi I like. That's my only criticism on her. But she she has the it factor. She has superstar ran all over her. 
I, I think the future is very bright. And I I have a thing uh, for Shotzi because I've seen her come a long way because I used to see her at um, Shine and Evolve in Queens. So I see how she came up in the business. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to this match, listen, I have a funny feeling that somebody from Team Shotzi is going to turn in this match. And for whatever reason, I think it's Rhea Ripley. I don't know why. I oh, just yeah. have this mm-hmm. funny feeling that Rhea Ripley is going to turn on Team Shotzi somehow, some way. Um, she's going to turn heel. I could be wrong here. I could be wrong. But that's just my feeling. I, th- I think somebody's turning. And and I just have a feeling it's Rhea Ripley. And it kind of go, it kind of goes like this. This is the way I look at it. Depending on who wins the men's War Games match, I feel that's going to depend on who's going to win the War Games match at uh, at, for the women's War Games match. I, I don't mm-hmm. see two heel teams winning and then two no. face uh, teams winning. So um, I said Team McAfee's going to win the, the men's match. So I think Team Shotzi's going to win, but I feel like there's going to be fagaziness in there. Like I feel like somebody's going to turn, and I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley. That's interesting. It would be the second year in a row that somebody from the face team turned heel. Um, of course, last year, Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox, which was an unbelievable moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, I would not hate that at all because Rhea Ripley needs something, man. Like, she needs to – like, her turning heel would give her something because she's just completely gone downhill and lost so much momentum. People say, oh, she's building it back up. Not really. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think she is. I still think she's treading water at the moment. Uh, doing way she could do way more than she she has been doing um but yeah i think team shotzi wins uh, i I'm, I'm not gonna say anybody turns uh i'm gonna say that the teams you know cooperate with each other and nobody turns uh i think shotzi gets the pinfall victory and does something crazy off the cage just to to keep her superstar momentum going and uh it seems like triple h uh, from the media call, listen to some of it. He's very high on Shotzi Blackheart, rightfully so. I just feel like he's just going to keep pushing her to the moon, and um, I think her team's going to pick up the win. And I, I wouldn't mind if this match made events over the men's match, to be honest with you, because like you said, Mario, these women are just the best in the business, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you go up against Impact's Knockouts division, man, this is just like... These women just are so freaking talented. I mean, you got Tony Storm, Io Shirai. It's just... It's unbelievable, and uh, like you said, best best women's division in the game right now. You, you talk about you talk about a war games match. Imagine like you know in a fantasy world, these eight women from NXT versus the top eight women in Impact Wrestling in a war oh. games match. <laughs> oh man, hell yeah! <laughs> best of the best, right there. Leo, what's your thoughts? So, again, to me, everything that comes out of a wrestler's mouth. Whether it's a promo, whether it's a, a shoot interview, whether it's anything like that. It's not just said to be said. It means something. And for Rhea Ripley to finally come out this week and talk about how she felt bad that her momentum, her loss, WrestleMania. Why now? Mm-hmm. Why now? Why would you bring that up now? Right? And again, it's not like, oh, it's out of nowhere. Like, again, people ask her that question back then when she had the loss. So, again, to Mario's point, I think it has a lot to do with Rhea and what's going to happen today. Uh, so, do I see the face team winning? No. But I think it has a lot to do with Rhea Ripley and what she's going to do. Is she going to stay in NXT? Is she going to move up? Is she going to go over again? Why would you talk about that WrestleMania loss in December? Right. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it makes so. sense. It makes a lot of sense. Just saying, everything's a work, baby. <laughs> everything's a work. <laughs> Ryan, dude, yo, thank you for joining us today, bro. Uh, oh, man, we needed always. we needed a call an audible. Like we needed a call an audible. You wanted. We're still gonna have you for our first episode of the year for our Wrestle Kingdom and stuff, but. Everything that went down this week, I was like, bro, there's only one person I could bring on the show, and that's Ryan, because he, he's gonna, he's just as much as invested as I am with all the shenanigans that's happening mm-hmm. right now. You already know, man. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it was, like I said, I was so fired up to come on here and talk about it, and uh, it's a great week to talk about it, and so much stuff happened, and yeah, every time you guys have me on here, I have a blast, so <laughs> thanks so much. Well, don't worry. We're gonna have you continue coming. Don't worry, bro. Awesome, uh, awesome. Ryan, give me your plugs and... Yeah, at the Wrestle Radar on Twitter, um, Wrestling Radar on Instagram, uh, Ryan Mater- Ryan underscore Moderano on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you can find us. And then Wrestling Radar on YouTube. Not much content uh, being uploaded these days, but you can go back and watch, you know, travel vlogs and old podcasts and a bunch of cool stuff on there that we have. Leo and also Royal Ramble Wrestling oh. on Instagram. There you go. Uh, LosRadio.com. You guys can go there and, uh, and follow us. You can give us a like here also on Lucha Outsiders. There's a lot of things that we're planning for 2021. So if you know somebody that has a show or wants to do a show um, and they need some production work, let us know. And if they are doing a show right now and they would like to be featured on Los Radio and the Los Radio app, hey, give us a call. That's what I'm saying. Dale. All right, a couple of plugs before I give you my personal plugs. Uh, GCW ran a free show yesterday on YouTube. It wasn't on Fight TV. It wasn't on IWTV. Uh, it was from live from Las Vegas um, due to everything that's going on with the pandemic and all that bullshit. Uh, it was very limited fans. I believe the fans that were in attendance were like Patreon subscribers, if I'm not mistaken. But um, with this uh, show, they also ran a... Um, uh, what is a Indiegogo? It's kind of like a GoFundMe mm-hmm. where you could donate money for yeah. the talent because the uncertainty of what's going on. We don't know if shows are going to be running. We don't know if the shows that are going to happen in the end of this year, the two, the doubleheader in Atlantic City. We don't know if that's going to happen. So you know, pretty Dang. much all the profits are going to go to the. Uh, talent. So if you want to make a donation, go to the GCW Twitter. I believe there's a link in the bio. So uh, definitely check that out. Game Changer Wrestling GCW. Also. Um, this weekend I started reading the, uh, the Young Bucks book and, uh, oh my God, I'm like, I think I'm a hundred pages in so far and it's just very deep. A lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that I didn't know about the Young Bucks from their personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, it's such a good read. So definitely I want to give a a shout out to Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. I don't know how, I'm not even done reading the book, but just based on like the first hundred pages that I read, I don't know how anyone Karuta against these guys and have anything negative to say about them, man. They're just, they're just good dudes. They have very humbling beginnings, and man, it's just a great story. Um, you know, from the backyards to the big leagues, just based on everything they experienced and just to the point where they are now. They just love professional wrestling. They love their family so much, and you know, just shout outs to uh, the Young Bucks and definitely support their book. You can find me at RatedArsis87, but make sure you subscribe and download and follow us everywhere. Lucha Outsiders, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even though we do nothing with Twitter. Um, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast if you miss anything or everything on today's show. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune in on Mescalab, LowestRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, also iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it.
No, I, ser- I seriously got to go check on the child. He's been really quiet right now. <laughs> uh, I-, I could just imagine. Ryan, bro, thank you again for doing the show, man. Like always, always. Thank you guys for having me on. Always great talking with you, bro. We were, we were like, we were like kids, fucking talking back and forth on Wednesday with everything that we just witnessed, bro. I was like in shock for like a good hour before I could even like. Okay, let me turn on NXT and see what happened there. Like, for a good hour, I just was just, like, trying to wrap my head around everything I watched. Like, what happened? The hell is Kids this? Kids in a candy store. I mean, it was <laughs> on such a high. You gotta love it. And this is only the beginning, so. But by, by the way, Ryan was here two shows in a row, and on both shows, he got to talk shit about the Tropicana field. Just saying. That was good. <laughs> it was a personal best. Just saying. I can only <laughs> imagine when we have Ryan back on the show when the Tropicana field is actual a thing. I just I can't wait to hear Ryan's opinion on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, let's go, baby. I'll, I'll I'll be ready with my opinions on what it looks like. I'll be ready. Leo, what do you think your child's doing right now? Probably watching Ryan's tour review. That motherfucker's probably giving like three million views to that little kid. Yo, they want seventy dollars for a stupid ass egg. And every what? okay, it's it's forget it. Just just no. I'm not spending no seventy dollars on a stupid ass egg. But it's Sorry. Christmas, Leo. I don't care. I'm not spending $70 on an egg. He's a child. I don't care. Can, can you make him an egg? Uh, probably. That's what I'll probably do. Are you going to try to make it for him? It, it's a stupid egg with like gifts inside. Is like, <laughs> go. Done. All right. For Ryan Radar. For the old man Leo that's yeah. not going to buy his child an egg. Go. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Keep it Radar. Stay too sweet.